all of my life being told that I'm too sensitive or feeling like I'm the odd one out or just kind of oddly placed in society and not really and maybe that's everybody growing up we like don't know who we are and we're trying to fit in and da, 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 whatever but then there are certain things that you kind of know about yourself or find out along the way and then you're like I don't know what category I fall into I don't know like I don't like where do I belong like what like I know where I belong now and when I found that and when I solidified it coming back to it it was a big neon sign of like this is where you belong Jennifer Seward is an actor and producer who has been mastering her craft since the seventh grade. Since starting professionally, she has gained representation as well as continued to act in and crew on numerous projects ranging from feature and short films to television, web series, music videos, commercials, and various print ads. She was also heavily involved in progressing the Kansas City entertainment industry by participating on the boards of the Film Commission of Greater Kansas City, Cinema KC, and the Independent Filmmakers Coalition of Kansas City, along with continuing to be an active member of the film community. Please welcome Jennifer Seward. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Right, right, right. Well, thank you, Kyle Kelly. Did I say it right? You did. Perfect. Jennifer Seward. Yep. So how you been? Mostly good. Right in the ups and downs and the whole COVID thing, but mostly good. Just, just figuring out how to be, if that makes sense. Yeah? <laughs> Have you been able to work at all during all this? Uh, so all of my jobs stopped about, oh, what was that date? I don't know, the Saturday right before everything shut down, basically. Okay. Um, which was, let's see, the 12th was, I think, that Wednesday. So, you know, it's like whatever. Over two months, no yeah. work? Uh, well, so I have six jobs. Um, some of them lie in the uh, standardized patient field. So I work with medical schools. And so at KCU, they were able to turn three of their year one cases into telehealth cases. So I did that. And then a case I was scheduled for at UMKC Med, they were able to make that a telehealth case. So I did do some Zoom. Is that where you pretend to be a patient? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I've done that. And then I've been on set once. Uh, well, it was for one shoot, um, but it was two different days of shooting. Um, uh, when Let's see. It was last. What is today? Not. Anyways, it was recently okay you know um so there was two days of that and then i had a remediation for one of the students that you know wanted to improve their grade kind of a deal um but which it was like a little like an hour if that uh but yeah so that's been about the work paying work that i've gotten nice. otherwise just been navigating unemployment trying to still get that figured out and that, that's a journey i bet uh-huh right? unemployment yep Mm-hmm. So, uh, still getting it figured out, but I, I mean, I've been working on my patience as a person in general for a number of years, and so it just seems like another area in which I just need to practice patience, and it will happen, and as long as I advocate for myself, then, you know, only time will, I will outlast whatever negative experience there is, as long as I'm just just trucking on, you know? Yeah. Um, and if I need to take a break, which happens every once in a while, I'm like, I just get disheartened by that or life or just whatever. And I just need to take a break and focus on things I can control and positive things and been looking into feng shui and, 
and um, I'm going to probably pronounce it wrong, but it's huga, which is like the Danish way of living that the most uh, accurate translation, I think, uh, is like uh, comfort, comforting, that kind of a thing. And beyond just household stuff, it's also just a way of being and appreciating and, you know, our saying of, you know, take time to smell the roses kind of a thing. Okay. It's just... The meditation? The no, it's just the way of living life. Okay. Um, and it's pronounced, or I'm sorry, it's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. So it's, but it's pronounced Huga. Um, and, and if I'm incorrect, somebody correct me. Um, but anytime we'll I've looked it over it up, if it's wrong. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just, and it's something that, you know, as far as in your home, they focus a lot on um, bright colors and comforting fabrics and cozy fabrics. And um, I arrived at it a number of years ago because I don't do well in cold weather and you know a good portion of the time here in Kansas City and suburbs of it is decently cold or chilly and I'm like how do they do it in countries you know Norway or Denmark or you know any of the and Denmark's supposed to be one of the happiest countries on the earth like how you know how it was just boggling my mind so I started to look into it which led me to the hygge um, lifestyle and it's I, I'm not an expert, and I have never been there, and so I don't know if it's truly the culture that basically everyone lives in there, but it made it seem like that's kind of what it is because they also talked about how it's not just in the winter, and it's not just in your home. It's about you know how you interact with people and how you exist in the world, and you just you just embrace everything and appreciate everything, and you don't take things for granted, and you it's not a rush, 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 rush how it is in the U.S., and the culture of being busy is a badge of honor and whatever. Yeah. It's it's almost the opposite. So so are you – have you had any acting at all since this has all started? Yes. So the pilot, um, Black Zone, we were able to uh, mostly wrap up um, production. Uh, What's that about? Um, it is a post-apocalyptic sci-fi um, thing, which it's a different take on – a how the world could go to hell in a handbasket kind of a deal, whatever that figure of speech is, uh, but it could actually happen. And so uh, just trying to take a common theme and put a different twist on it. Um, and it's, it's such a fascinating story in the world that's created, and it takes place here in the Midwest. Um, like it's it's scripted to take place oh, cool. in the Midwest. Kansas so City? Uh, yeah, it's – I mean, I – it's like a whole big area. Okay. It's way bigger than that. So we are, we're actually shooting most of it down in Butler. Um, and so I don't, I don't remember the exact, you know, how, you know, I don't want to say anything that's going to give plot yeah. points away. So I'm trying to pick my words carefully, but um, I know there's a radius that's affected and it covers different city points that, you know, kind of go. Yeah. So, so it's supposed to take there to take place there. And then, so that's, you know, where we've been shooting in, and the city of Butler has been and really well. You're welcoming. acting and producing on that? I am acting and, and co-producing. Um, cool. And so I don't know moving forward exactly. I mean, moving forward, that's how I um, was first brought onto it was um, I auditioned, uh, got the notice from my agent, went into the casting director's office, you know, audition, callback, whatever. So that was my first and foremost. That's how I'm involved in it. Um uh, I'm a series regular on there. Uh, my character's name is Dr. Jessica Blake. So I am able to pull in a lot of the uh, work experience I have as a standardized patient. I've been doing it for over uh, about 10 years now. Um, and I've always said, I really need to 
somehow put this into some sort of a doctory show or a movie or you know something just because my my comfortability in that environment uh is pretty good and my terminology and knowledge for a layman is higher than most um obviously i'm not a med student or anything and i only really know what's in my demographic because those are the what's, cases what's that been I, scripted right. for you right mm-hmm. um but yeah so so i get to play a doctor in that and um you know improving medical uh, exams and that kind of a thing i'm i'm comfortable with what the exact right way to do it is because that's i tell the students oh you didn't do this right you were supposed to be here or that or whatever you know um and i'm not a medical professional uh it's just I know the right placements for, you know, like a heart exam. So if on the camera, the faculty member or doctor that's watching it, if they can't see it, um, I have to be able to know if they were in the right ballpark to be able to say, "Mm, I don't, you know, they were, I think they were pretty close or like, uh, I've been told they're supposed to be right here and they were like on my back or like under my armpit or, you know, something odd like that. So then we'll write a note and then, you know, they'll, they'll follow up on it or whatever. So you know more than your average actor. Correct. (laughs) Yeah. So if something happens on set, you could probably save their life. Uh, No, but. Like like put the thing in the throat with a pen. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, You know, well, and that's why I, okay, funny note on that. When I was younger, I had my first. Uh, I, I fainted whenever I was around my youngest brother was in, like lived at Children's Mercy Hospital for basically the first two years of his life. And he was on a machine called an ECMO machine, which his heart wasn't working properly. He needed to have heart surgery. And so there was a machine next to his body that was his heart. And there were tubes that connected to his body that took all of his blood out of his body, pumped it through the mechanical heart and then back into his body. So, wow. um, and he so was, was his heart pumping at all? You know, I don't know that. Um, I was 10 uh, whenever this was all going down, and I have never asked that question. Wow. So I don't know the state of his heart. I mean, maybe they were, maybe they were taking the load off. I would imagine if it totally, totally stopped, maybe that probably wouldn't be good, but I, I have no idea okay. how, how that works. I just know that how it was explained to me, and maybe they were explaining it to how a 10-year-old would understand yeah. it, um, was that, you know, his heart's next to his body because his heart's not doing well, and, you know, he needs to have heart surgery, and I went to step on my little stool to see over the top of his crib. He was all jaundiced, and I was seeing all this these tubes of blood and I passed out and my stepdad caught me and he said, um, I guess we're not having a doctor in the family. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm pretty squeamish when it comes to actual bodily fluids and bodily things. And I can be a little too, well, hmm. I've been, I've always felt like I'm too sensitive. And I guess on the scale of like, okay, the most sensitive that, you know, you can find in this world to the least sensitive you can find in this world. I would be on the most sensitive side of that spectrum um, in terms of just anything in life, whether it's, you know, emotions or getting squeamish by things or whatever. And I I was diagnosed at, at 28 with ADHD. Um, so once that, diagnose, once that diagnosis happened, I was like, oh, so much makes sense now. And yeah. some of that, uh, I found out a lot of people with ADHD tend to be incredibly sensitive to different things. So that made sense. How has that affected me. your life since you found out? Since I found out. Well, for one, um, like I said, 
the rest of my life leading up to it all fell into place and made sense as to why this would happen or that or how I would do, you know, da, 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 da. Um, and I, it's a journey because once you have a diagnosis, it's like, okay, so what does this look like for me and how do I manage it for me? It's on, anything mental health is on a spectrum. And so it's just been a learning process and I would love, I've done different therapies and I manage it also with medication and, and, um, homeopathic, um, you know, just good habits day to day, you know, not being perfect. I'm, you know, (laughs) not perfect for sure, especially during quarantine, but, um, or isolation, however you want to phrase that. But, uh, in general, the better habits that I have, I don't need as much medication to help. Um, but I've also tried to just manage it totally on good habits. And I have, I mean, even, and I'm a recovering perfectionist, I would say. So I would get really, really close to being like basically perfect for an extended period of time just to be like, okay, maybe I don't need medication because it's got a stigma. And then it makes people who genuinely need it, um, feel bad or ashamed that they're weak or less than or oh it's a you know a drug I don't really need it it's harmful blah blah you know whatever all those all those things um so I was falling into that as well as I just wanted to see you know is it something that you know I can manage without medication because I've gone this far in my life you know do I need it? And so I did all the things, checked, <laughs> did everything as quote unquote perfectly as I could. And I still came to the conclusion that I needed medication to just give me that little bit more of a boost that I was not able to actually do for myself with, you know, getting adequate sleep, adequate water, adequate diet, adequate exercise, meditation, you know, all the, all the things that everybody says you should do that are good for you, which I do also think they're good for you um but but yeah so it's still a journey and I've um most of it I guess has been um finding out what medication or the dosing or that kind of a thing so I feel pretty confident about where I'm at with the medication aspect of it now as far as therapy and learning about any other skills and coping mechanisms I would like to find a therapist that specializes in ADHD when it came about. I was going through um, a divorce, and so it was, I was not only uh, realizing I've got this diagnosis, I'm also, oh, divorce, do I want that? What does that look like? Should I, you know, learning how to be an advocate for myself in that way and going through therapy for that as well as just for myself and then also on top of it now realizing, oh, ADHD, what is that? Like, so I, um, it's been an interesting balance with all of that, as well as I've, one of the the therapists I had recommended um, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Daniel Amen, and he has clinics around the country, and he also has um, a website that you can download a course that's called Healing ADD at Home in 30 Days, and I've done that, and he talks about all the different ways that you can positively impact yourself through habits and supplements or, you know, all these different things. He's not against stimulant medication if you need it, but he's saying that's not the only answer and there's a spectrum and there's about seven different, um, 
ways that ADHD or ADD, it's the same thing. I've, I've been told that they will rechange the definition every so years, and but yeah. it, it's the same thing. Um, but anyway, so you can take a little test, and he, uh, I think I came up with like four to five out of seven. He said a lot of times people do have four to five elements of it, and he is known for scanning brains. So he'll actually see what the mental health ailment or whatever, I don't know what the proper word is there, um, see what that looks like in your brain and then see what they can do to actually change the way your brain image looks that then directly affects the way you're able to live and cope and, you know, be a quote-unquote healthier, happier person kind of a deal. So I'm very fascinated by that. How was your experience with that then, downloading that and watching that online course? Yeah, it was just very informative and it helped me... Uh, on my path of refining some of the the things that I was doing to help my day-to-day habits. Um, That's also where I learned about how sensitive people can be and how sensitive people can be even to foods. And there's a um, elimination diet. Um, I've tried it twice. I haven't totally gotten all the way through it because it is very hard. And what is that? um, It's basically saying, okay, you could be allergic or really sensitive to these certain foods. So remove them from your diet for three weeks and then, then little by little reintroduce them. And I hope you don't have to remove pizza or cheeseburgers. Oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Because yeah, it's incredible. I mean, and it's, it's hard. Um, I really wanted to do it. And the thing was (laughs) one of the times that I, um, was like, crap was I ended up I don't even remember how long I was. It was a, a week, week and a half, something like that. Oh, enough time where I was like, I'm doing really good. I'm yeah. like, I'm like almost there. Uh, or, you know, halfway, whatever. Um, and one of the things you can't have is eggs. And I was looking, at, anyways, I ended up getting takeout from this restaurant and I was combing over all of the menu. And for some reason, eggs totally went out of my brain. And I got something with eggs, but we took it somewhere else to eat. And so there was no way that I could get it fixed and be yeah. like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'll pay for this. But, you know, and then, and I hadn't eaten and I was, start, you know, and I was just like, oh, okay, I guess this well, is the end of it. Yeah, one. I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> but I was able to find out that I have some lactose intolerance through that, which I did not realize. Um, and yeah, so that was the main thing that I came to understand. So I don't know that it wasn't a total waste. And I tried to do it again as well. Um, and I think just, when I was balancing six jobs and trying to do all that stuff and it was just, I was not able to totally, it wasn't that exact same story, but it was similar where I was not able to just keep up with it properly. Um, and I found a similar result of like, Oh, I'm just more sensitive to the dairy than I ever thought, which again made the rest of, you know, life up until this point makes sense, more sense than I, you know, had realized. Cause I guess you hear about the extremes of different cases of just anything And, you know, whether it's anxiety or, you know, lactose intolerance or whatever. And so then you measure your own experiences by the most extreme, but you don't realize the subtleties of what it, what anything can be until you actually educate yourself on it. So I didn't realize I had some lactose intolerance anyway. Sorry. So what what changes or, um, yeah, what changes did you see in yourself once you started taking the medication? Oh gosh. Um, I, I think if I haven't said this in a little while, so I don't know if it'll, uh, misquote it and then I'll recorrect myself, but 
one of the things that I was talking about with my psychiatrist, because um, that's who originally diagnosed me, which is, I believe they have to do that, because anyways, um, and then she helped me with medication as well, but I said I felt like I was sprinting in cement, and then with medication, it felt like I could actually get traction to then move, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or, you know, like you're doing donuts, but one of your wheels are locked and you're just like, rrr, rrr, rrr. so it's like you've got the forward momentum, but you're not able to totally make best use of it. And with the stimulant medication, um, especially, you know, when, when I do really good on all the different habits and then I add that to it as well, I'm just, I'm able to get traction. And the person that I know that I am on the inside and know what I'm capable of, then I'm actually able to do that and be that on a more consistent basis, even if something may not be as fun. Or, you know, uh, a lot of times people with ADHD have time management issues. You know, it it was allowed me to have more control over my impulses and my ability to redirect myself and not get so hyper-focused and latched on to, you know, a certain thing that I'm doing and then lose all track of time. Yeah. Or, you know, I you know, want another term that sometimes people um, will use is like a space cadet. You know, sometimes yeah. another element of ADHD is they'll just lose all track of time and just kind of space off and just like be in their own world. And so it allows me to be able to pull myself in and out of that so I can still make best use of my strengths because in a lot of ways ADHD is, you know, when you're able to fine-tune it like any good superhero, um, you're then able to use it as a superpower. But until then, until you've got, you know, whatever mechanism you need to wear on your body or internally or whatever to help you to channel whatever your strengths are, um, you know, it's it's not as much of an asset until you're able to do that. And then you're able to exist in the world with everybody else and do what you need to do as well as then, hey, I've been given this gift. You know, my brain was wired this way. All right. Well, let's make the most of it. And and so it's just been a an interesting journey with that. Um, one of the things I have learned that I still want to work on and, and manage as well um, is if you and maybe this is all ADHD, but I learned that especially if you have a later diagnosis ADHD and women tend to be missed because you, the rowdy boys and da da da. Granted, I have the hyperactivity as well. Um, but it just tends to look different in, in, um, girls over boys and you know, whatever. Um, so obviously it was missed and, and whatever. Well, we'll, let's start at the beginning. Let's (laughs) go back all the way back. So you started acting in junior high. Or high school? Junior high, um, which is funny. I don't know. Well, I was trying to go to sleep last night, and then your brain goes, sometimes. Um, My first official, uh, it was a musical, um, but I am more of a straight play person than a musical kind of a deal. That was in seventh grade. Um, But for whatever reason, I was remembering in my preschool, we did the... um, uh, uh, the Joseph, Mary, Jesus Christmas play. Yep. I can't remember what that's called. Um, but anyways, I played Mary in that in my preschool. So maybe that was technically my first. <laughs> I didn't okay. do anything. We just like a living, what was it? A living, uh, what is that Display. called? Yeah, but okay. it's, yeah. Anyways, it's got a word where you like, all the people are there. You know, the baby wasn't real. I was like seven. So oh, okay. I'm having a real baby. It's, I mean, maybe little kids can hold Do you win any awards for that actually? No, role? no. Um, but yeah, so my official probably real one was seventh grade. Um, and then so I did it um, middle school throughout high school. Um, and primarily. What, what got you into, into acting? Why'd you start? 
why did I start? Um, I don't know that I necessarily had a moment of like, aha, I want to do this because of this reason. I've dabbled and tried all kinds of things, and I've always been more artsy related, and I've always known that I've been more emotionally sensitive, and so I know along the way, I was like, well, actors have to show emotions. Maybe that'll be, maybe that's an asset for me. Maybe I won't just be this this blubbering person in the corner. I'll, they'll need me to be blubbering, you know, kind yeah. of a deal. Uh, and so I think I just kind of fell into that, and I've always like, I was in choir at the time. Um, like I said, it was a musical. So one of the classmates that I went to school with, very accomplished musician, uh, singer, and she, I believe, co-wrote the music for that musical. And I was in choir at the time as well, or a choir club. And so I think I would just kind of, you know, being around the environment yeah. um, uh, kind of fell into that. And then I was like, oh, I really like this. And then it just set me on. You were in choir. Did you sing? Yes, I can technically sing. Let's, I let's hear some right now. No, so I hold let's, on. Let's turn up these vocals. No, <laughs> I haven't sang since high school, so let's just be real there. Um, I I'm I'm more of a choir voice. I don't okay. really have. I'm I feel like soloists. You know what that sounds like, and they can do really good yeah. vibrato and stuff. And I I know it's a muscle, and you can work on that. But I don't know. It's not. There have been there are a number of really good singers in the area, or you know, you hear about, and you kind of know if you have a natural knack for something or not. And it, singing was always something that I I was like, eh, I don't know that I have the most natural knack for it, and I don't know that I care to develop it. If that makes sense. So I did it in high school. I was in choir. Um, I made women's ensemble, and I can. I, soprano two and um, or I started off soprano one and then soprano two, so technically I can harmonize, and so it's not like I. That's why I say I technically can sing, but it's I don't know that I would. You call choose myself not a, to. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I would call myself a singer, and like karaoke makes me nervous too. So, but yeah, <laughs> I work on that. But so you, you've been an actor now for what almost twenty years. Yeah. Mm, yeah what it, so. Graduate high school two thousand six, so then seventh grade, whatever math. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, and then fall of two thousand nine is when because I had gotten out of the industry for a few years for because of a couple Me Too experiences that I had in Kansas City that I was like before Me Too was the you know proper well the the word the phrasing that you use and people know exactly the what you're talking about. Is now. Exactly. So I had um, that, and I I even said. Again, prior to all of the Me Too movement, um, if this is happening in Kansas City, I don't want to know what's happening in L.A., which now we know. Right. Um, and so I actually got out of the industry for, um, I thought, permanently. Um, ended up only being three years, and it, I went into college. Um, on one hand, it did allow me to just wholeheartedly jump into college without an agenda so that I could just figure out what I liked and what I didn't like and got to experience it. I went to Longview for a couple years and then transferred to UMKC for three years, um, which after I did all the schooling, I was like, mm, I don't know that I want to wake up for the rest of my life and do this. So I was like, maybe I'm not ready to get out of college yet. Maybe I, maybe I want to dabble around. Cause I basically finished my degree and all I had was electives within my major. And then, um, I had almost enough credits to minor in sociology. So I was like, oh, I might as well do a few more classes and then actually show something for it. And I looked at a theater minor at UMKC and it, was it allowed me to do all of the acting classes without any of the other classes because I 
I like stage fine. I've just always gravitated toward the camera more. And then along that journey, I realized there was more film and TV and commercial work and whatnot in Kansas City than I originally thought. So uh, I just decided that I, I wanted to focus on the acting. So I ended up doing electives in the film department there. And then I finished out my minor in sociology and my minor in theater. And those kind of have more to do with what I'm doing with my life than my, you know, everything prior to that. But uh, any acting seminar or, I mean, maybe any artist-related seminar, more often than not, you'll hear someone say, if there's anything else you would rather be doing, you should do it because the life is hard. And I, I am grateful in a, in a sense for that experience that allowed me to realize that there really isn't anything. So when the going gets tough, I just get tougher, you know, because I know there's nothing else. So it's, it's, there's nothing in the back of my mind, like that seed of doubt has not been planted that then grows and festers and then, you know, derails me. Are there other things that I want to impact in this world that I like? Um, yes. And, you know, on a human level, uh, sociology, I love that. And just, you know, I don't know what that will look like other than just maybe I'm just a more informed, more aware yeah. human being that interacts with all the kinds of people, you know. Um, but, but yeah, so it's, it's helped me more than hurt me. Um, so your your experience with the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. how did that affect you in this field in mm. Kansas City? I'm hyper aware of of it, um, and maybe that's most. And I don't want to just stereo. Um, the word's not coming to me, but um, it, it doesn't. Obviously, sexual harassment and sexual assault and all that doesn't just happen to women. It obviously does happen to men, uh, predominantly women. Yes. Um, so a lot of us have gone through similar experiences, whether it's in the workforce or a family member, a friend, uh, you know, whatever they've gone through. Um, so we tend to be groomed to be hyper aware of, oh, they didn't give us a look. They gave us a look, you know, so yeah. which doesn't really hold up well. But if you've experienced it enough, you know how to read nonverbal cues and as far as moving forward, if anybody has communicated anything as openly as, you know, a verbal communication of like, this is, you know, how I think or feel or whatever about you or women or whatever, or non-verbally, and you're like, hmm, you're kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't just throw that away anymore. I go, oh, you're creepy, and I don't need to work with you, and I don't want to work with you. I may or may not, s- I don't know that I've ever said that to anybody's face, but because um, that's not... You know, because sometimes it's just, oh, you're having a conversation and then the way they phrase things or the way they, just the way they act. I'm just, I'm an observer. I mean, I think that's really important in, in anybody, but I just observe and I watch and I ask a lot of questions and I, but I, I've been nicknamed 20 questions over the course of my life. I'm just a naturally very curious person. Um, but sometimes asking enough questions and especially asking enough of the right questions will bring out certain things. And so I am not in this industry to be around anyone that, sexually harasses sexually assaults anything related to that and i i just avoid it as much as possible um and as an actor it puts you in a difficult situation sometimes because you don't have a lot of control over your career and so whether it's sexual harassment or discrimination or other harassment or you know any 
any negative experience that you can experience from someone else that you're working with, you know, obviously you always have the, the power to just say no and move on. And, you know, maybe ultimately your life is healthier for it. Um, sometimes depending on what the project is or whatever you're, you know, you're like, man, if I could just get through this, maybe this will help me. And then whenever I have enough, you know, control over my career, if, you know, if, when, whatever, then I can just avoid those situations a lot more frequently. Um, it's just unfortunate when you don't have control over the trajectory of your career as much that it, it, you're just kind of at the whim of what comes across your plate. So you have to draw your line in the sand and that, you know, it may or may not move. A long-term goal would be executive producing and producing and being more in control over my career so that I don't have to say yes to, for one, anything I don't want to attach my name to yeah. because it's not good enough quality or the, st- or, or the the story or the message that they're sending is not something that I want to be affiliated with or, um, or they're just not a good person and I don't want to be attached to that. Or, you know, maybe they're a fine person, but we don't jive. Yeah. You know, there's all different kinds of things. So that is an end goal of wanting to do that as well as I, I really want to help to push the um, trends to not be just a fad to incorporate more women in front of the camera. That's what's and behind the camera. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, t- took the words out of my mouth. So um, my goal with this is to provide more opportunities for females in front of and behind the camera and to help shape the narratives that are put out there to help women not only feel like they have jobs in their 20s, but their 30s and their 40s and their 50s and 60s. And it's not just so when, when they, they go to retire, they're right. taken care yeah. of too. And, and it's not just, okay, when you get up to the 40s, 50s, 60s, etc. oh, mom, grandma, that's it. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, but then there's like, yeah. So it's it just helping women to be able to portray women as fully realized, developed people as we all know we are in everyday yep. life. Um, and obviously, the, you know, there are women that, you know, are behind the camera in, in this industry. It's not as, uh, as prevalent. And so, and some of it is they just need more mentorship. They need more opportunities to be mentored because ultimately at the end of the day, I do feel whoever is most qualified for whatever job or role or whatever should ultimately be who gets that job Absolutely. regardless yeah. of, you know, it's, it's the, it's the work and how, what you show for it. At the same time, I also want to mentor people to be able to develop the craft because they could get there. They just may not have had the opportunities to be able to develop into that, to then be able to compete with the people on the level that they know they should be at. So I want to simultaneously, you know, be able to mentor or not me, maybe not me personally, but like have that a part of the company or the brand or the, you know, whatever, I don't know. It's, it's a long-term goal, but, um, to just be able to have, again, more opportunities for the, for the people that are interested in being, you know, they're already there, you know, they just need the opportunities. And then those that want a good, healthy example of how to be a woman in this industry. And then it's not just for women, it's, you know, men or, you know, and obviously there's all different ways to identify, you know, I just, anybody should be able to feel accepted and the film family feel like anybody that's in the industry and gets to be on set and they just it's this family unit yeah. that once the project is over 
especially if it's, you know, you're mostly just involved on the onset portion, you're in a depression for a few days. Not that anybody wants to be a depression, but um, I've called it post-production blues. <laughs> That's just the term I've coined. Um, because you just, that it, you were so in a thing and then it, it was gone. I mean, it was supposed to be gone eventually. Like, that's just kind of how it goes. And it's just every set should get to feel like that in yeah. every environment. And and just, and just I don't know. It I don't know. I just get caught up in, in, in all of that. And whether you're a woman or a man or anything in between, um, you know, you, you should get to feel like you can be yourself and express yourself and get to help something become a thing. And, and as long as your talent is where you want it to be and, or you want to be able to grow it, like you should be able to have that opportunity. So what's the worst set you've ever worked on? Worst set I've ever worked on. Like actually on set or like I'm a part of a project and then, Ooh, maybe I didn't choose to go through with it because I didn't even want to get to the set part. Whichever you like. Okay. Well, um, hmm. okay. So there's a couple things that popped into my head. One of them was more early on when I was still networking and getting to know people and, you know, you take people at their word and then you realize, oh, hmm, they're just all talk. Um, and it was a script that was not even in the most proper format. Um, and I only know that because I took a screenwriting class because as an actor, I wanted to know what a good script from a bad script was so that I could tie myself to projects that were good and quality. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important to understand how it all works so that you, you, you know, the questions to ask anyways. So, but on the same time, you know, I, I also try not to judge a book by its cover. Um, you know, stereotypes are there for a reason, but if you just stop right there, then that's where you have an issue. So, but I was new enough in it where, you know, I didn't have enough red flags that went yeah. up soon enough. And there was a portion of the script and it's been long enough now. I'm I'm trying to remember if it was added in after I was already involved or it was anyways, it was something where it wasn't very descriptive, but there was it was like a kind of a groping raping thing going on that when we further had conversations, it it really came to light and then I was like, how does that apply to the story? Like we're, like like I'm just being curious. Like yeah. if this fuels the story in a way that really drives it home, you know, it's hard for me to argue with that because that stuff happens in life. Um, but he couldn't say anything, and it was just for his viewing pleasure, basically. And so he's a scumbag. Mm -hmm. So then, whenever, whenever I realized that, I struggled to feel empowered to back out of it because I'm a woman of my word. If I say yes. I may not do it perfectly, but I will be there, you yeah. know, um, and I will go above and beyond as much as I possibly can because that's just who I am. And so I really, really weigh everything out prior to saying, yes, I'm on board fully. So then when I've said yes, you know, I've ideally vetted everything I need to. So there isn't a, oh, shoot moment. I, uh, I wish I would have said no kind of a deal. So, but I felt strongly enough about arriving at this conclusion. And I, I um, confided in a friend who was also a part of the project. Um, he was helping with the fight choreography and, and whatnot. And he, he was saying, just backing me up and echoing that, no, this isn't okay. And I'm a man and I am not okay with what he's doing. Yeah. So you shouldn't feel like you have to put yourself through that. 
And if you're concerned about your reputation or concerned about whatever, you know, like, screw them. Like, if anybody villainizes you or makes you feel like you did the wrong decision, well, then you're just being shown people that you also don't want to work with. You know? Yeah. Because if, if they judge you for that or if they, you know, so... It took a little bit, but yeah, I, I got out of it, and I'm grateful for it. I did end up seeing the project afterwards, and it was, well, it was not good. And then that scene, and it was just, so I'm grateful that I was not a part of that. Yeah, so, yeah. so that was a that was. Um, you stood your ground. Thank you. Yeah, you did exactly. What you, exactly. You needed and wanted to do. You yeah. shouldn't be a part of something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and and I think that's just you know the more you learn and grow, and especially if you get into a new area where you're you're meeting new people and you may not know you you have to develop your questions and you have to go okay these are my questions that I ask everybody and if I can vet them and they pass those questions then I get to move on and and your experience will add more questions to that list as you experience things um I do feel like I'm at a point in my career at least in Kansas City where I don't really come across that very much um there's Still some things that you come across that you're, you know, maybe scratching your head on and, and still trying to work through. Um, but luckily I haven't, I haven't had something, I guess, like that. Um, so I don't know. Uh, Have you talked to the actress who actually played the part? I didn't even know who it was. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. And this was years ago. So, and I don't even know if the, the, the filmmaker is is even doing stuff anymore. Like, I don't know. I wonder why. Right, yeah. So, uh, I mean, and that's the thing is, like, we have to also be there for one another to inform one another of, hey, I had this experience, and woman to woman or person to person or whatever, depending on what the situation is, you know, I just want you to be fully informed so then you can go into this situation deciding what you do or don't want to do. I didn't know her at the time to be able to say anything, um, but... You know, if, if you're not a good person, word gets around regardless, whether it's, you know, anybody, you know, people talk, people, you know, this is a relationship business. Everything is, you know, you're, you're on set maybe for 12 hours a day, however many days in a row you may or may not, you know, it's, you may have the most professional and you may have the most like, okay, well, this is 48 hour film. It's in detail, you know, and then you're spending literally 48 hours together yeah. You know, and it, so it just, you can be in a lot of compromising positions, like literally, physically, you know, you're very close quarters, you know, no AC, you know, all it all just it can be in some of the most grueling situations. And if you don't jive, if you don't click, like it just makes it unbearable almost. Yeah, of course. A- and, and so I just think it's incredibly important for people to, know how important that is and and to be informed and and maybe that goes to you know the me too experiences that I had if I would have known going into those experiences with those uh two people um I would have made different choices were, were they were they charged or anything come out of that no, no. um and uh one of them was confronted by a the the pastor of the church that I went to at the time because that's how I met the the guy originally, um, and I was freshly eighteen, fresh out of high school, fresh. It was just, and it, I mean anybody who goes through anything similar will will tell you it's 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 a shocking experience that you 
almost don't even know how to process and it takes you a little while to wrap your brain around it. I was grateful that I ended up confiding in a friend who told the daughter of the pastor because we were all in the same grade and she told her dad and then he did it. So I didn't really have to take a lot of action to make things happen. Um, now me today, if I was that person, I would have like <laughs> guns a blazing, you know, yeah. like you, you are not okay. That is not okay. What you did is not okay. Um, but unfortunately you don't always feel that strong, especially in that moment because you've, you're almost blaming yourself. Like, how did I not see this? How did I allow this to happen? How, like, you know, you, you, you take too much ownership of the problem when yes, takes two to tango in any situation. Sure. But a lot of times in those situations, you are manipulated into being involved in that. And, and sure, hindsight's twenty twenty. If you realized they were manipulating you, you would have probably been able to see it, but you probably didn't know they were manipulating you or you yeah. wouldn't have done that or you, you know, wanted to believe they were good or, you know, a lot of times they are really good at talking and you're like, well, but they say all this, but then their actions don't match it or... You know, so it's just, it's such a muddy situation. Um, but in the end, um, you know, it's it's that that person that I was, that I know is in all of us, you know, male, female, anything in between, whatever, any situation, you know, you need to protect yourself the best possible. And, and if I can do anything for anyone else to help them avoid anything, um, you know, going through anything that I've gone through or anything similar, that's ultimately that's more important to me than what project I'm a part of. So what avenues can an actor in Kansas city, uh, take like what ways can they report to someone in, you know, the Casey film office or the film commission? What can they do here locally to be anonymous? Sure. Um, I have somewhat recently been informed about on the film commission page there is a portion of the site where you can uh, be connected to ways to report sexual harassment and discrimination um, as of now there's uh, it doesn't list well now meaning I, I it's maybe been a month <laughs> I can't unless they've updated it between now and you know yeah. months ago I don't know um, but those were the two links that, that were on there um, so going through you know that following that link and making that official report. And I was um, made aware that it, it would be anonymous or that you can make sure to do that. Now I personally haven't done it, so I can't speak from experience other than what I've, you know, poked around and looked at and read myself and what I've been told you, you should be able to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's incredibly important to, especially if you've got the ability to report something anonymously or, or not, or or maybe you go to a therapist and you're you're trying to figure out best ways to go about this. Um, I don't know if therapists are mandated reporters, but I know like physicians or you know there are certain people in the healthcare industry that are mandated reporters. If there's abuse or something that happens, they have to report it. So they would also be resources to know what steps that you could take if you've been hurt or abused or discriminated or, you know, so there's, there's a lot of resources, but I would definitely, um, uh, Steph Scupham with the, you know, she's the film commissioner. Um, you could always just reach out to her and say, Hey Steph, this is what I'm experiencing and I don't know what to do about it. What can I do? And, you know, 
she'll can she can say oh there's this on this website or this or whatever um which is how i i uh, realized that there was even stuff on the film commission website to per- to report sexual harassment and discrimination. Um, now, if you need something like OSHA, you have to go to their website unless they've added that to the Film Commission page. Um, you know, if, if it's a if you're on set and you don't feel safe, you know, physically safe or you know respected or you know you feel like it's just not a healthy situation, um, I believe OSHA would be probably the the best way for that. Unless it's you know a sexual harassment or an actual discrimination thing. Um, I'm still very new to understanding all of that myself, okay. but, um, yeah, so there's, but yeah, definitely take action yep. and definitely do what you can. Absolutely. So what drives you as an actor? Um, trying not to go on my tangenty <laughs> that I, that I do, um, different from, you know, anything that I've set up to this point, um, you know, building on that, um, you know, the art form of telling stories is incredibly important. And it's been important, you know, we know of past things a lot of the times because of the stories. Yeah. You know, that's that's how things are passed down. And ideally they're as, you know, factual and close to truth as possible, but we all know the, you know, movie magic stuff that you talk about or you hear about that, you know, whatever. But you are able to more closely relate to other human beings on this planet that have come before you or exist alongside you or may happen in the future. Empathy is such a such an important element of all of us that some have put energy and effort into developing, some have not. Emotional intelligence, it's... I don't know. I mean, especially in men, you you can wear these different masks of Lewis Howes has a book called The Mask of Masculinity, and I found it very informative. I read it for myself. Um, and then the culture in the U.S., a lot of times even women will feel like, okay, to be successful, you know, you got to push those emotions down. you got to, like, be hard-ass. you got to, you know, whatever. And... And sure, maybe there's, depending on the situation, there's there's a, a place for that. But what is that also doing negatively to us? You know, we're, we're not allowing us to be people. We're not allowing us to see other people as people. And art comes into play when, you know, especially, oh, my favorite is to go into a movie theater and it's completely dark except the screen. And you've got the movie the way the filmmakers want you to see it you've got the movie the way the filmmakers want you to hear it and experience it and it's just a visceral experience that you don't get unless you're in a theater Absolutely. it's just and and I'm giving myself goosebumps just <laughs> like thinking about it but so if I could see every single movie tv show in a theater yeah um get a surround sound system for right home. yeah exactly <laughs> there you go um you can you can shed the outer layer, the mask, the the persona that you're trying to put on for others because you're safe in the dark and your senses are bombarded as the as they should be, you know, in a theater so that you don't I'm an overthinker uh, and I can get really in my head and when I'm in a theater and 
no other stimulation is allowed in, I can fully focus on that. And coming from someone that has focus issues, like that's gold to me. And, and you're completely in the dark, like I said. So you're able to have that visceral connection with the screen and with that experience. And you don't have to be a certain way because no one's looking at you. Yeah. They're watching that. Or regardless, you're in the dark. No one can see you anyways. You know, like cry, whatever, you know, whatever. I, you know, just fully react and be. And you can let your guard down and be fully honest and open with yourself. And then you can get to live life a little bit in other people's shoes. And you can see what it's like to be someone that's maybe close to you in, in relation to like, oh, I can, you know, kind of imagine how it would be to walk in their shoes a little bit. You can also walk in someone's shoes that's totally unrelatable to you, but that you wouldn't necessarily get to experience quite like that other than when you get to watch a movie because the the realness that you get to experience when you're watching, you know, the medium of, of, of filmmaking, acting with the camera, you know, just the versus on a stage. Yeah. I, I So... It, it you don't have to suspend disbelief quite as much as you do, you know, in some other ways uh, that you perform. And and you just get to, I think it helps humanity and helps empathy. And, and I think it's incredibly important, especially in this world, you see, you know, so many people vil- villainizing so many people. But if if their story was told on the big screen and you got to see what their childhood was like, and yep. them growing up, and then they're making the actions that they're making or saying the things they're saying, you would maybe, I'm not saying everybody, you would maybe be like, oh, what they're doing is not good, but I get it. Yep. And that's incredibly important. And if you don't try to develop that, you're, you're just going to take people at the face value, and you're not going to try to get to know them. Because the only way to bridge any differences is to find the commonalities and you have to know how to do that and and I think you know if you don't know where to start watch movies about issues or people or things that you want to know more about or you know want to develop and want to get more in touch with and so I think art and as an actor and knowing where my strengths are in in that whole world that's ultimately what drives me as an actor, it's just I want to be a conduit for telling stories that can ultimately help humanity. So you walk into a movie theater, mm-hmm. got your popcorn, yep. got your soda. Yep. You sit down. My junior mints. Junior mints. <laughs> Who's or shoot? hot tamales, either one, depending well, on what mood I'm in. Uh, Mike and Egg. <laughs> <laughs> you sit down and the screen comes on. Whose shoes are you walking in? Oh, like, am I walking in the protagonist, antagonist, that kind of thing, whoever or just whatever you, character? You are, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Um, I will say, the first time I watch anything, I am along for the ride. I just allow, I just take any kind of control and any kind of preconceived idea of, like, what I want to get out of this. I just let it all go. And I just sit down and I just allow what I'm watching to take me wherever it wants t- me to go. Now, if I'm watching it again, you know, then I'm watching it with a more analytical eye. But I, I pride myself on 
trying not to make something out of what it is, Yeah, if that makes sense. Now, obviously, with the background I have, do I more quickly pick up on certain things easier, whether it's like, oh, they did this especially good or especially not as good or, you know, an artist is subjective, so there's always that, you know. Um, but uh, I guess I do see myself, and maybe that's all of us, I don't know, but I see myself as more of a quote-unquote good guy. Um, so I would probably fall into the category of watching whoever that, you know, whoever would qu- closely represent who I feel I am as a person um, and represent the values that I have. But at the same time, I absolutely love when we can see someone who has a crusty outer edge that is, that is you know, like if you were just glancing at them or just had a whatever, a little bit of an experience with them on a day-to-day life, you'd probably be like, oh, oh my God, who are they? I love... When we get to, as an audience, peel that away and see that they are just like us on the inside. Yep. And they went through all these different things and and we're all the same ultimately. That I mean, so and sometimes that is, you know, the protagonist. Sometimes yep. that's the that's the main character. So like the Joker, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. How did with Heath Ledger yeah, or like or with Joaquin Phoenix? Uh, Joker. I didn't see it. You didn't see it? There's okay. So there are a lot of movies oh and TV gosh. shows that I haven't seen. I'm going to put this out there. Now that I'm not balancing six jobs, you want an Academy Award for it? You're like, you, you, they're like, Oscar goes to Joaquin Phoenix. What, what, what movie? Could you no. Go? What was okay. that for? Never heard of it. No, it's fine. I will. I will happily take shit for this because I. I balance. I'm not saying I'm any more busy than anyone else, and I don't honestly like. Saying I'm busy, it makes me feel icky because I'm like, ugh, I have to be busy to survive. But anyways, um, I don't get to partake in movies and TV as much as I want to because either money um, or I'm working one of my six jobs to try to survive to be able to take auditions whenever they happen or book a job at the drop of a hat whenever it happens. Um not that I want anything bad to happen to anybody, but one of the positives that have shown up in my life through, um, uh, you know, self-isolating over this is I'm having more time to be able to actually watch TV and watch movies. And yes, they're at home and not at the movie theater, so there's that. But um, Or be on a podcast. Right, exactly. So I'm actually able to ingest what it is that makes me so excited about getting to do a lot of what I get to do. Um, What's your favorite show or movie you're watching right now? Right now, well, I did. St- well, I just finished Space Force, and I heard the reviews are, are like really bad. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't read any of the reviews. Like I saw one on Yahoo the other day. It said that Space Space Force is really, really stupid. It's supposed to be. I'm not a big. Stu- no, I think they were saying that the show just flat is oh, dumb. Oh, okay. It's boring. Okay, I don't. See I mean, I would love to have a conversation with them. I, I, to just get more context on what they're referring to. Yeah. Um, I, there is some stupid humor in there that I'm not a big stupid humor person in general. So there is a little bit of that. Um, but at the same time, it's also doing what it's supposed to do. It's a social commentary delivered with a laugh. So... If you read between the lines and if you 
take it more than just at face value, then I believe if you're culturally relevant, you will see how it's relevant. I don't know if that's, if I, I'm reading off of Rotten Tomatoes says, okay, an all-star cast and blockbuster worthy special effects aren't enough to keep Space Force uneven blend of boring earthness, boring satire, and just flat out spinny, spinning quickly out of comic orbit. Don't, don't waste your effort. Huh. Well, I, I mean, I don't, maybe they have more of a background in watching I mean, that's comedic. The, that's like actual judge, but the, the audience score is 77. So yeah. I and I mean, I, I'm not a big uh, movie critic thing, but I will say one of the first thing I'll look for anything. If I am going to look for critic is the Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah. Um, I never look at the judges though. Yeah. Oh, but just always the audience. The audience. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, they're the ones paying to watch. Right. It. That's true. Yeah. yeah. It is interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and art is subjective at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. And, and that might not be that person's humor. And again, their, their comments and, you know, if they were to elaborate more on, on that, um, you know, I might be like, oh yeah, I kind of see where you're going with that. Um, but you also have to take into, you know, it, it's, it's complicated because technically at the end of the day, it's a commodity. Yeah. And if no one's willing to pay for it, then it doesn't matter how good it is. No one's going to fucking, no one's going to see it. <laughs> Sorry. I get like language. I get passionate sometimes and things slip out. Ha- have you sense. seen Steve Carell's the morning show? I, mm, it's on Apple. No, it's incredible. And, it, and it, it's basically Matt Lauer. Uh, you don't know who Matt Lauer is. <laughs> he was sorry, the I'm he was really the lead, lead anchor on uh uh oh I think it's the Today Show. I saw show. his face maybe. Or Good Morning America. That's Good what. Good morning. Was. Okay. Um, but he was there for like twenty something years, and it okay. came out that he sexually is potentially mm. allegedly sexually assaulted these women and yeah, part of the uh, Me Too harassed movement. Yeah, and okay. they booted him out. So and this show is basically that. Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell, uh, Reese Witherspoon, okay. and it's it's a gripping show. My, my wife and I watched it and okay. on, on Apple Plus and it's okay. It's, and I don't have Apple Plus, it's, so it's pretty hard to watch. Oof! They're talking to some of the survivors during the the, the show and mm-hmm. their experiences are replayed. It's it's hard to watch. I and, can imagine. It's weird to see Steve Carell in a, in a role like that. Yeah. Because yeah. you know now he's on Netflix. Right. Uh, yeah. Doing a comedy. Right, and that's as far as I know, what he's more known for anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the whole, um, you know, when an actor goes against their type and then it's kind of like, wait, what? They can do more? And it's like, yes, yes, we can do more. <laughs> um, but interesting. I definitely would be interested in watching that. Um, I don't I don't have Apple TV, so I don't know. Well, you get a free, I think you can get free for a month. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. I had bought a computer, so sure. they're like, here, you get a free year. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. Whatever. Right. I mean, there's, lot, lot, there's not a lot of sh- stuff okay. on there to watch. Okay. But that is, is okay. pretty great. Yeah. Well, and I think that's incredibly important. Uh, and there's and there's all that kind of ties to, there's all different reasons people need art. Yeah. Sometimes they need it to learn about that kind of stuff. Sometimes they need it to escape because I use it for. because their world right now is yep. too hard to live in and they need to shut their brain off, you know, and everything in between. So, um, and, you know, I guess to, to the, you know, back to Space Force, the world is, 
is difficult right now for a lot of people, um, you know, no matter where you fall on any spectrum of whatever. And Space Force is a social commentary on that, delivered with humor, so you're kind of also able to escape. Yeah. And, it, and it's, uh, again, I, I'm not a big stupid humor person, but through this whole, you know, isolation and whatnot, I have definitely looked for more ways in which I can laugh and find hope and just there's some stuff that goes on in life that you're just you you have no words you just you shake your head and you're like oh god I just I don't even know how to process that and then you see things delivered in space force where you're like oh I know what they're referencing there oh yep mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> but they deliver it with a comedy and then they move on and so it kind of it almost helps you to process what you're going through. Yeah. And so sometimes, I mean, there's all different reasons we need art for different things. And, and again, it's subjective and, and space force just might not be that person's cup of tea. You know, what's your favorite role you ever, uh, acted in my favorite role. <sighs> now I'm just trying to think back to everything I've been involved in so that I can mean spirited was my favorite. Oh, it was? I love okay. that movie. Tell me what you... I'm going to pull up my IMDb I, I so I think, can just see what all I've done. But. I think it's it's very clever. It's smart. And with the entire cast and crew, it's just... It works out so well. And the ending of it when Marilyn's there casting you out, I just thought was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. That, I, I watched it at your guys' screening at the mm -hmm. old Glenwood Theater at the premiere. And I'm like, this thing is a hit. And then it, you never released it. Oh, there's some drama that went on behind the no, scenes. No, I know the that. drama. We won't talk about no, it. No, you're fine. Like, I'm just well, like, come on, with, release it. With, right. Well, I mean, and they did. Um, it just, there were people dragging their feet on allowing us to get it out there in a timely fashion. Um, and then, like anything, if you lose momentum, sometimes that's the nail in the coffin. Well, whoever was it is a, I'm sure, a complete jerk. And I hope he loses all his hair. Or her. There you go. <laughs> right? You're like, yeah, I'm going to step on all their toes. You should make a sequel. Right. But I mean, honestly, though, uh, that through and through, that was an amazing experience and an amazing success. Um, and as an actor and as a filmmaker, you know, I was... I was producer on that show I helped you know that was the first time we ever did a crowdfunding campaign and we did it very successfully and it's there's just so much that goes into every element of it and that one was the first time I got to take everything that I had learned up until that point to go I want this to happen I don't want this to happen I want I honestly wanted everybody to get paid I wanted everybody to get something um I know sometimes you know if you're a PA or an extra sometimes you don't get paid because it's kind of like an internship thing so that's that's okay sometimes. which it shouldn't be they should get paid right but I mean in general like I I've done unpaid internships for college credit yeah, we so all have right well in general okay I guess I just mean I'm not saying all all across the board you should always have someone that doesn't get paid I'm not yeah, saying that yeah. I'm saying in general if it happens every so often because one reason or another, I've been there, I haven't felt taken advantage of in some of those situations, or no, and in those situations, and if I got, when I got to a point where I was like, I'm not doing anything that's not paying anymore, then that's just how I conducted myself. So, you know, it's just, 
it is what it is. And if I remember correctly, because um, it's been a minute, um, everybody did get paid on there, even PAs and everything, yep. because I wanted everybody to even have gas money. Like, maybe we didn't pay everybody a, a substantial amount of money that would have been, you know, comparable to what their day rate was or, you know, whatever. Um, but we tried to pay everybody as fairly as possible to make the environment, like I was ref- you know, mentioning earlier, you know, it's a film family atmosphere everybody feels safe and 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 protected and that they can you know once those needs are met then their creativity just yeah because i mean the film is very yeah it's just comically hilarious yeah. that the your all your your guys acting is on point thank you and i love uh <laughs> the scene <laughs> with uh, uh uh darren kennedy when he's like he's like leaning in to smell something <laughs> Davis farts in his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah, and it's I don't know. It's just it's just a well grounded movie well, that you. you watch it. Nothing, you just forget about everything because yeah. it's just so funny. It's, it's and it's original. Yeah, most you guys definitely. should make that into a feature. Well, I mean that would be cool. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. No. I'll, I'll put some money towards there that. There you go. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> let's tell them, because um, it really was a fun. Like everything about it was great. And it was unfortunate that there was some drama. Sometimes that happens. Um, so it, it got out there a little bit, but definitely not as much as we all anticipated. And we were all amped and prepared and ready to do. Yeah. Um, because you've got all, you know, filmmaking, you know, in a sense, you've got, it, it's not just the set. A lot of people like, oh, let's just get on set. And then that's it. It's, it's there's at the very least three different parts of it. The set is only the second part. You yeah. know, you've got everything prior to that, the pre-production, and if that's, you know, including the script. If you don't have a solid script, well, it's hard to make something good out of not, out of something not very good, you know, yeah. and, and, and everything that goes into getting to set. Then when you're on set, you know, we all know that. And then post-production, you know, getting every, you know, all of the things happening, sound, color, editing, blah, blah, blah. And I would also put into that, you know, what are you then doing with it? Are you submitting it to festivals? Are you able to sell it to, you know, something to be on TV somewhere or, you know, on demand or, you know, whatever. Um, and it is unfortunate that it it kind of got halted a little bit in that phase. Um, but you guys have access to the full movie done now, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, so put it online. What's the argument? I guess that's true. Or, you know, now that I'm talking about this, you know, people will sell shorts to be part of anthologies on, yep. you know, different things. So maybe, and, you know, maybe when we finished it, I don't know what was all happening at that time or what was available to put it on some, you know, maybe there are just more resources that like we could pull that out and be yeah. like, Hey, now we can actually put it as part of an anthology because people are looking for content and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it was definitely very fun. Um, and I'm having trouble pulling this up right now. So I don't know. Oh, okay. She's been in so many films that she can't remember them. No, I, well, <laughs> I, that, Maybe it just you've been in like over thing. like like forty films, right? Um, filmography by status. It says past titles forty six titles, wow. television one in production, films uh, in production one. Um, but then additional credits, hosting to internet to film twelve, television one. So I don't know. So as I've favorite role, which is going to be you know complex to answer because of course I'm me and I make everything complex complicated to answer <laughs> i'm just spitting off my i go on tangents adhd it's a thing whatever Anyways. Right. <laughs> um so 
I love when I get to be a strong woman, meaning I'm, I get to be a fully developed. I, I'm adding more to the movie or to the scene than just, not that I would ever be hot girl number two, but you know what I mean? That kind of a thing. And I have done, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, eh. And I have done a good job of not attaching myself to things if that's my thing. But some I get to be more fully developed than others. A lot of times that has to do with, you know, do I have a lead role? Is it my story or not? You know, yeah. or do I just get to have all this stuff behind the scenes because it fuels my decisions and whatnot. So I think the strongest role you've ever played, by the way, is Princess Leia. Oh, wait, Princess Leia. Yeah. When what? Or no, it wasn't Leia. It was the Ray? other one. Ray, there we go. No, you're fine. I thought that's Spot what you're on, Oh well thank you. Thank you. And uh, I have looked into being a stand-in for her. I am, I think, three inches shorter, and it's very hard to work in... She's 5'7"? Yeah, if I remember correctly. And it's very hard to work in England and, like, get a visa and do all that kind of thing. So I even had a friend who went to school there that she couldn't, like, uh, grad school, and they wouldn't let her stay. Well, so, you, you're spot on, so you Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I do get uh, called as that. So um, a couple things. So... I liked being able to play uh, the superhero role in Paradox City, which was only one episode of, you know, a series that they wanted to do. And it so it only ended up being, you know, the, the seven-minute episode, I believe. Um, but I got to be the lead super, superhero of the team. And, you know, you don't really see women getting to be the lead superhero that's the team. They're part of it, and they're like, oh, they're just the person that's, scantily clad in the background so that all the guys have something to look at and i i wasn't scantily clad like i at most i think i i just had one arm showing and we were filming one of the scenes uh when it was snowing so that was very chilly top of the parking garage yeah yeah it was on easter morning and whatever year that was um but otherwise you know i had armor you know we made it so it wasn't like real armor but anyways um but otherwise it was you know pants and a long sleeve shirt and armor and whatever um but i i i liked the what i represented yeah and that i got to depict something that you don't get to see as in you know a female being the head of a superhero team especially in kansas city right right and just being getting to be able to be strong and but also kind of tying back to the empathy and you know I, i wasn't granted you don't see a whole lot it goes down because you know it it was what it was and it was supposed to go into yeah. more but um it, it, you i'm strong but i'm also equal parts human and a feeling person and i'm not just this robotic you know militarized kind of a thing so so i really liked what i represented in that and what that felt like to get to do yeah. um there is a like along those same lines. Um, the the pilot that I just finished, my character in that, I play a doctor, and I mean, not only is that cool because I get to bring in all the standardized patient work that I've done, you know, for the last ten years, and get to build on that. But she's not she's not an over sexualized. Well, she's not a sexualized character. She's just who she is. She is more. She is stronger because of her brain than she is because of her body. Okay. And when her body, be you know, the strength of her body is comes into play, 
only in the way that she can defend herself if she were to be attacked. So it has nothing to do with TNA. Good. And I that in and of itself is like, we need more of that, just Absolutely. in general. Yep. So I am incredibly grateful that I get to not only build on skills that I've been developing as a quote unquote, you know, side survival job for, you know, just as long as I've been able to act, you know, in, in front of the camera, but also be a visual representation of what I want to perpetuate more in this industry um, and get to be, you know, ideally it gets picked up and we get to do things and I get to stay attached to it and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, maybe a little girl somewhere gets to turn on uh, the sci-fi channel somewhere or whatever. That was just Growing yeah, up, yeah. I would always turn on the sci-fi channel. So, um, I, you know, the the silly little girl that, like, you know, she feels weird, but she knows she's awesome <laughs> because she loves sci-fi, and it's just, like, what it is. I don't know. Anyone that relates will know what I'm talking about. Um, but, yeah, and I get to be that with and, and to show, you know, it's not about sex, and it's not about, you know, how, I don't know. It's just not about sex, honestly. It's good. <laughs> I, if it's good. You, mean, you mean it's about a story, a real right? story? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Um, and and I'm not a prude person, but if I never saw another TA, whatever, from a woman on camera, like because of a story, I would totally be okay with that because yeah. I have been so. It has been beaten into my head so much for so much of my life that it just almost makes me angry at this point yeah. because that's all it is. That's all it is. Like, sure. We're humans. Biologically, yep. we have sex. Big whoop. Yep. Okay? What else? You know, if, if you know, sex is brought into a storyline because we're all humans and that's just part of the storyline, okay, cool. Like, as long as that's not the story, cool. But that's just, that has to be an element of it. And, and we just have to be fully realized people. Yeah. And I'm just so beyond sick of seeing women as sex objects and that's it. Maybe a little bit more. I'm just like it mm, I don't really I'm not really an angry person too much. It, it's only certain things, but that is one thing like oh, I will I'm just it mm, I can't even come up with words right now. It just makes me so angry. So and it just fuels so many issues. And then back to the Me Too thing. You know, it just uh, no. No. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I, and you can tell the story the, the exact same way without having to show anything. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And if it makes sense for it, okay, whatever. You know, I'm not trying to say like, but more often than not, it it doesn't necessarily add a whole lot. You know, so like, let's just. No. Well, it adds it adds what they're wanting to add right. for the certain. You know, yeah. For for men, for us. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. it's it's like when you know, Angelina Jolie was rising up almost every film she did it was yeah there's nudity in it so yeah, i just it um, makes me sad i mean it doesn't i don't know yeah it doesn't add it to the story don't put it in yeah exactly and maybe just don't make it about the story like don't 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 add that at all like don't yeah. be tempted like that what a world would it be if if you don't even have to have the thought of like oh i want her to be topless oh well yeah. maybe i shouldn't you know Maybe one day we'll get to the point where it doesn't even pop in your head to make her topless because you, we are so past that point. I don't know that we'll ever get there. I mean, maybe that's the pessimist in me. I would love to think that, you know. We're getting there. Right? Yep. I mean, I will I will believe it when I see it, um, you know. Sure. Well, like when prove you me. don't see it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like 
I know we are fully capable of getting there, so we just need to walk the walk, you know, yep. and, and, and actions will prove whether or not that's a thing, you know? Absolutely. We have the power to prove that right, so it's only up to us to make that happen. So what part about being an actor do you like and don't like? So I don't like that I have to, at this point in time, have six jobs just to be an actor. I'm working on trying to full-time produce as well as be an actor because that's an end goal. So then I can not struggle. Yeah. Um, I, I want to feel like I'm thriving, not just surviving. Um, so that is one thing. I still haven't figured it out, and I know a lot of people go through that. Um, but that is one thing that I it just – it's just unfortunate. But, uh, you know, on the flip side of that, I try to make, you know – Lemons out of lemonade, or <laughs> the other way, lemonade out of lemons, you know, whatever, opposites. Um, you know, it, because I have also lived that for so long as well, I know what it's like to be that. So then when things do go well or when I'm able to notice that I'm thriving more, because I have that to reference, it feels so much better. Um, so there is that. Uh, and then, so that would be what I don't like. What I do like... That all of my life being told that I'm too sensitive or feeling like I'm the odd one out or just kind of oddly placed in society and not really. And maybe that's everybody growing up. We like don't know who we are. and We're trying to fit in and da, 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 whatever. But then there are certain things that you kind of know about yourself or find out along the way. And then you're like, I don't know what category I fall into. I don't know. Like, I don't like where do I belong? Like what? Like, I know where I belong now. And when I found that and when I solidified it, and especially after going through college and doing a, you know, a few years of not related, like nothing related to art, coming back to it, it was a big neon sign of like, this is where you belong. So I, I feel I have found my place in this world where I can use my strengths that maybe others had considered weaknesses growing up and and I belong. That's great. Thanks. So what made you want to serve on the board for the Film Commission of Greater Kansas City, Sigma KC, and IFC? That goes to when I was, fall of 2009 is when I decided to pursue acting professionally. I wasn't dabbling anymore. I was like, done, career. Um, maybe I still wasn't necessarily getting paid for everything, you know, whatever, but, uh, that was the attitude, which I think is most important. And as I was going along that journey, um, one of my first experiences was that experience that I, I talked about where, you know, the, the formatting wasn't very good and it was like this groping scene that didn't make sense, whatever. Um, you know, but I was coming across projects that I was like, this is crap. And it, I mean, yes, we all have to learn and grow and have to stop judging people for trying things. Yep. That is, that, oh, that, mm, anyways, another topic that I could just get really angry over. Why does that make you angry? The only way that you and anyone and everyone can learn is by trying something and learning from that to move forward. Yep. And if people are too afraid to try anything and they're just forced to be in this little bubble, what? 
ultimately, what a horribly sad existence. You get one life. That's it. Regardless of what you believe happens after you die, whatever, all we know for a fact is we were born on this earth and we die on this earth. That's it. That's all that we know for a fact. And to think that we are in any way doing anything to ourselves or to others, and I'm not saying people have to be perfect because that's part of it. Like, we're not, if we were supposed to be perfect, we would genetically be set up differently as human beings. You know, like, it would, anyways. So, but we have to allow other people to be humans because in return, we also want to be allowed to be a human. And so I have... I mean, maybe that's one of my superpowers with ADHD. I kind of just, in a sense, I don't care what people think, but I'm still human. I still care what people think to a certain extent. But it doesn't stop me as much as it does some people. And I'm just like, eh, whatever, move on. Like, I'm more interested in just the doing and the learning and the growing and and I and worrying about what other people think and judging me along the way or whatever do happen every so often, but they're, they're secondary thoughts that I may or may not even arrive at. And sometimes I don't even arrive at them till somebody's told me. And I'm like, oh, really? Oh, I was just, I don't know. I just got caught up in it. And I was like, I don't know. It was cool. You know, like, yeah. and I, and I learned how to get better. And so then it wasn't a waste because I wouldn't have learned what I learned if I didn't go through that. So I don't know. And I, it just seems too logical to me to not be that way. I don't know. So you're saying people are allowed to make mistakes? Oh, people have to make mistakes. No. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's the best way to learn. Exactly. And if and we have to live in a society where 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 we allow people to make mistakes. Yeah, we shouldn't judge them for it. Exactly. We'll put them down for it. Well, because they obviously learn from their mistakes, Absolutely. but we learn from their mistakes. Yep. And and it's a shared experience, and if we really took it for what it is, we would be like, oh, thank you for going through that because now we can all learn from this to move forward. And then this person will make a mistake and then we'll all get to learn from that person to get to move forward. And and if we look at it from that, I mean, and that's also assuming you have a growth mindset, you know, versus a fixed mindset and that's a whole spectrum and everything as yeah. well. Um, uh, it's, there's a lot more growth mindset that we could adopt um, if we chose to. And I know, you know, biopsychosocial, Sometimes that's not how we're programmed growing up and, you know, we have to deprogram ourselves. But, you know, we all have things coming into this world. Um, Some have more things than others and, you know, things meaning like to deal with and sort out. But um, but at the end of the day, even if you have, quote unquote, the best possible idealistic life you could have, you still have problems. Like it's just about arriving at where you want to be, like the problems that you're dealing with are things that you want to be dealing with. You know, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck is a book, is a book that I'm on, like I'm, I know, right? Mark Hansen. Um, uh, it's, I'm going through it the second time and I love personal development. I love it so much. Um, and that book has helped put so many concepts into place that were just slightly like a jar, just like, I don't yeah. know. And, and then also bring to light some things that, I was maybe thinking and feeling, but I hadn't quite articulated. Um, and, and it's just, anyways, you have to have to read that. But, um, what was the original question was what I like about acting or not or whatever. Uh, but then we went, went, then we, you know, got on a tangent of failing forward and, and you know, when I can't remember what it's called, but when, you know, F A I L and each one stands for a thing. Um, uh, what is that? Um, uh, mm, mm, mm. anyways, you know, it's not like F stands for, you know, 
first. Yeah. A stands for attempt. I stands for in. L stands for learning. First attempt in learning. Um, I don't know who came up with that or whatever, um, but I really like that. That's obviously not the definition. I don't know what the definition is. You know, yeah. I always look up definitions yeah. of things just because I want to make sure I'm, you know, using them properly. Um, but like, that's exactly how we need to look at it. Um, and again, nobody's perfect and we all have our own little insecurities and they lash out at people sometimes. But at the end of the day, we have to own who we are, insecurities and all, actions and all, whether they're the most glorious actions that we bestowed upon others and ourselves, or less than, um, to then learn from them appropriately or, you know, apologize or say, you know what? Yeah, that was really crappy of me to have said and or done, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sorry. And just leave it at that. You don't, sometimes I, you can go into like the why behind it. And I don't think that that's totally horrible because I always want to know why, even regardless of what it is that's going on, just because I want to learn like, oh, well, how did you get to that place? Because that personally helps me to digest things easier. And I always just like learning as much as I can from anything and everything. And as an actor, like the more I can learn about people and human behavior, then I may or may not be in a situation where then I can pull from that. And it makes sense to, oh, I learned that here because this and da, 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 da. It just helps me to understand people. Um, But it just, I don't know. I lost my train of thought there. No, but. you're good. You're good. No worries at all. Yeah. So for women coming into this industry here in, here in Kansas City, what advice would you give them starting out? Women coming into the industry in Kansas City. Give me the background. Like, do they have any experience, no experience? So they're coming into this field not knowing what to do, who they can reach out to. Or an instance, if something were to happen on set and they don't really know what, how to mm-hmm. go about speaking to, to someone on set because the, they just don't know. They don't sure, they're, they're they not their, their footing on set. So what advice would you give them so that when they, let's say you're writing a pamphlet and you're mm-hmm. saying it's going to have a, a, you know, a sentence on there. Okay. Saying, this is what to expect. Oh, a sentence. Huh? <laughs> Me put something into a sentence? Wow. A very long. I know, right? A short novel. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're fine. I, I'll brain dump it, and then I'll refine it, and then yeah. I'll get to that one sentence. But anyways. Um, I need to let the sentence thing go, because then I'm going to try to really think on, like, <laughs> condensing it. No, you don't have to get to it. I know, no. I mean, but, okay, so side note, I love when people can just be really concise yeah. with their initial thoughts. I, that, what a superpower that is yeah. that I I don't possess, and I come to terms with that, and sure, I can develop it, but the way my brain works, I need to brain dump everything out, and then I refine it. And sometimes if it's in conversation, I'm refining it as I go, and then I go back and I go, okay, this is my concise thing. But that's after everybody's like, oh, my God, just get to the point already. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. I get it. Um, anyways, so... For someone starting out as a woman and they're experiencing something negative, how do they handle that? Trust yourself. First, don't question whether or not what you experienced was what you experienced or that was it actually bad or, you know, don't justify it. Call it what it is first and foremost 
once you've done that, then you know how to move forward with it. So, depending on what it is, um, if you... If you feel comfortable enough talking to that person directly and standing up for yourself without attacking them, because there's also, you know, when you deliver something, you have to be careful with how it's delivered or the message will get lost. It's important. Yeah. Um, as an actor, that's one thing, or, you know, in speech making and whatever, you know, you, you can have the best script and the best speech and whatever, but if it's delivered in a way that it's not meant to be delivered, then it doesn't matter what it was said. It, it, they heard the, the nonverbal, the nonverbal said it all. Yep. Anyways, so if you feel like you can stand your ground, stand up for yourself face to face or through a text or through a phone call or through an email or whatever, more power to you. And if you're too scared to do that, that's okay too. Don't feel ashamed. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel like I'm not, but, but I really, you know, like if I was a really good woman and I was really like, you know, charging head and like, do, you know, I would do this. Like, don't blame yourself, guilt yourself, shame yourself because if when you get into that situation, you're not going to respond the way that you probably want to months later when you've processed it. Yeah. Because you're going through stuff and you've been made vulnerable and you, it feels crappy. Okay. So don't beat yourself up. If you can't confront them words, um, you know, that's, that's where it's great where the film commission, if you're aware of that now, I don't know if you know of that or not, or if you know of, of an organization in town, um, that you trust that's related to arts or film. Um, you know, if there's someone on the board of something that you are in contact with, um, you know, you can reach out to them saying, hey, I've had this experience. Do you know how I go about it? Or um, I Google everything. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, as, as, as silly as that sa- sounds, you know, how to report sexual harassment or how to report whatever. And I tend to be too specific on Google, so... I have had to train myself to search things better. Um, But just educate yourself on, okay, so if I were to take action, you know, what would that look like? How do, how would I do that? Um, You know, if I know somebody cool, I can, that I trust, um, go, go to them, talk to them. If not, you know, do the groundwork, legwork, um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's not a... Now let me try to put that concise. Okay. So if you're a woman starting off in the industry and you experience something negative, how would you follow up on that? Um, Don't question yourself. You experienced what you experienced and it was valid. Feel your feelings. Deal with it. Okay? But don't push it away. If you can directly talk to them, do that. If you can't, don't beat yourself up. It's, it's a scary situation, and, and we all react differently in the moment than we would months later once we've processed it. If you know someone in the industry that you trust um, on a board of something or they're a mentor or something, go to them. They may know. If not, Google. There are so many different resources out there that 
you may or may not know. Just just start figuring it out. Um, you know, for instance, you might come across the Film Commission's website where you can report sexual harassment and discrimination. But there's there's more than that um, that that you can do that may not fall into those categories. So. A lot of great advice. Thanks. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and now you just witnessed how my brain works. <laughs> Three hours later. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But anyone. I, okay. So on that same note, like, you know, one of the things that I want to do that, that drives me as an actor in this industry is, is the person that I, I felt growing up, that I felt out of place, that I knew even prior to being diagnosed with ADHD, because I didn't get diagnosed until I was 28. So, you know, that was a lot. Like, yeah. <laughs> I went through college. I got married. I was getting divorced. You know, all those things. But anyways, um, if I can be a living example of what it's like to imperfectly bumble about this existence, but still doing it in a way that at the end of the day... I am doing what I want to do, then I, I show people that have maybe similar things going on. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together all the time. You don't have to check every single box. You don't always have to be on. You may have this strength, but this might be a little bit more of a weakness, and you might be working on that, and that's okay. You don't have to have it all together to be successful, and, and success looks like it doesn't look the same for everyone and there's not one definition of it yeah and sure we've got the you know top one percent in this industry that you know on one hand like would be really cool but on another hand you know what do they have to sacrifice to get to be there everything exactly Their privacy mm-hmm. can't walk out the door I would, yeah. I would hate that yeah so it's like it just yeah it just if i can be a living example that regardless of how quote-unquote perfect you feel you are if you just have the right intent and your heart's in it and you're a good person and you try to develop being a good person in in all these different situations for yourself for others you'll be fine you'll be more than fine you will be a saving grace for people who who feel like they aren't keeping it together but they're doing their best and they're seeing that you you are doing that and they all of a sudden have permission to not have to keep it together all the time and, and to be imperfect and that's perfectly okay and actually that's quote unquote normal which I almost hate that word but that's that's just who we all are yep. and I, I don't like when everything is super polished because growing up and, and it's you know airbrushing of the women in magazines or whatever and, and just the, the the body image issues that women or men and you know everyone in between um, grow up thinking and feeling or, you know, being molded in some way or another, you know, it, it sets expectations that are really unhealthy. Yeah. And I struggle with that because I'm, I'll get in my head and I'll be like, Jennifer, you sounded like a bumbling idiot or, you know, whatever. But, but that's just who I am. I'm not a bumbling idiot. That, you know, <laughs> I don't believe in talking to yourself in that way. Um, that's self-deprecating and that's, you know, our internal monologue is incredibly important. Yeah. So, um, but if I can just be who I am and that's good enough for me and for everyone, you know, a number of people that help them in their journey, then that's, I've won. Yep. You know, we're all just doing the best we can and we, and no one knows. I mean, sure. We have ideas here and there and like, but no one knows what they're doing. And in a way, like while that seems the scariest thing on the opposite side, how freeing. Yeah. 
because ultimately you just do what's in here, right? In your heart, in your gut, what, you know, your deep values of, of what guide you and honing those and making sure that they're not the superficial values that are really not healthy. Um, but, but as long as you're doing that, like you're great, you're groovy, like keep doing it, you know, and you're going to help someone else along the way be more who they are and absolutely and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So, <laughs> no, that's, that's great. Uh, yep, I snorted. <laughs> so, who inspires you the most? Like on this planet. Yeah, just personally, who inspires you? I, okay, hmm, hold on. Because that could be, hmm, who inspires me and why? I feel like this just needs to be really good, so I'm just like really making sure I check all of that. Um, I may just start talking because sometimes that helps things click into place for me if I'm not quite there yet. So, um, someone locally that inspires me the most, honestly, um, Lenita Cook. Um, I love her on a human level, on a woman level, on an artist level, on just, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on, on almost every single level that I've ever gotten the privilege to meet her on. It just resonates with me so hard and just, I'm in awe of her, honestly. She's an amazing woman. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to get the opportunity to work with her, um, in the future and, um, on a, on a creative um, project of some kind or multiple projects or whatever in, in some sort of creative way. But, um, so locally that's the first person that popped into my head. Um, let's see on and okay. So this will go back to me sucking at <laughs> knowing names of people. Cause I'm not very good at that for whatever reason. I'm better with faces. Um, but I'm getting better at names. Um, Man, this this is not coming out the way I would want it to. Maybe we'll just leave it at that. Okay, I don't know. That's like, good. No. And if I come back, how about this? If if we're talking, I don't know how. Long, or I've probably taken <laughs> way too much. You're like, oh my god, the four four no, hour you're, long. You're good. Anyways, if it pops into my head, I'll I'll do it because okay. sometimes my sometimes I need things. I need to, time to mull things over yeah. because I I'm like it's in there, and when I leave here, I'll I'll remember it. But anyways, okay. If you could turn back the time and speak to your 18-year-old self, what advice would you give her? It's going to make me cry. (sighs) Sorry. And I'm not going to make eye contact with her. I'm going to cry more. So I'm just going to look down. (laughs) But it's not. I'm not trying to be offensive. Um, thanks. <laughs> oh, wow. Very soft tissues. <laughs> Nothing but the best. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. I'm going to go ahead and do this. <laughs> you know, because we're all human and have boogers at the thing. <laughs> um... um 
that you are valuable and you are worthy and you are deserving of you know all of those things because you know for you like you deserve to be respected and 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 respect like you are allowed to respect yourself and to be respected and and more power to you on knowing what you do and do not like in terms of being treated and good for you for wanting to see the best in people don't allow that to be made a weapon against you and trust that that's okay and that's healthy and that's what you need to do for you and everyone and to trust yourself because you're more spot on than you realize in how you see the world and how you see life and how you see people and do continue giving people the benefit of the doubt because that's a superpower too. And again, just make sure to not allow any of these superpowers of seeing people for who they are and, and allowing them to be who they are. You are just as deserving as all of as anyone else of the same treatment that you're giving others. You have to give that to yourself. And if you don't, that's how people get in who shouldn't and hurt you. So have those strong boundaries because you just you just have to. And I still str- it's funny, I'm still struggling to put some of that into words because I still I'm like, yeah, yeah, do that for myself at, you know, my age and you know learning and growing whatever but and it's a journey no one's perfect your brain is special but it doesn't mean you're dumb absolutely that i don't know i've struggled with now again now knowing that i have adhd it my brain makes sense but a lot of my life i have grown up thinking that well i'm not smart but I don't think I'm dumb. Like, I know inside I'm not dumb. And, like, my grades aren't bad. I mean, they're, you know, like, B's, C's for math, science, and A's, B's for English, social studies, whatever. So it's like, I know I'm capable, and depending on different things, I can do things better. Um, But, yeah, just believe in yourself more. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's a tricky one. I mean, it's not tricky, but it's just like, dang, you know? But, yeah. It's life. That's great. Thanks. It's good <laughs> advice. Thanks. So, all right. Present day, you're right. acting, working six jobs. What is most important to you? Mm. That's interesting. Not bad interesting, but... Yeah. Uh, when everything paused with COVID, um, well, and prior to that, I was deciding I, I, I didn't want to struggle 
and still be an actor at the same time. I was like, I, I could, should be able to be smarter and be able to put all of this hard work and make it worth more on the back end for me. So I don't have to struggle through it so much. So that was already kind of happening prior to. And then now that everything stopped and I've had a lot more time with myself and <clears throat> gotten to slow down and, and really just be able to live and enjoy. And a healthy work-life balance is incredibly important. And I that that doesn't mean that, okay, every so often, every so often, meaning like not all the time, <laughs> um, you know, if, if things here and there you have to maybe work a little extra hard for a bit, but then you get to relax a little extra hard for a bit, you know, or some sort of something, and it's not a perfect equation all the time. Um, but a culture in this country that I don't like that I'll see in other countries differently is just that they they respect people's time away from work and it's just as important you know or more important I don't know whatever but it's it's equal to at the very least your career and your work is everything in this country it seems like I could be wrong please please prove me wrong um and then how hard you play on top of it and like all the things and da 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 and oftentimes relationships are sacrificed on the, along the way and people and human connection and getting to enjoy things in life and excuse me um getting to go to someone's birthday party you know it seems silly and it probably seems sillier than i'm saying it seems silly but um we should be able to be as successful as we want to be. Obviously there's a, you know, a gray area in that because of talent and skill and how you, you know, right place, right time and how you choose to play yourself and blah, 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 whatever. Like there's a lot of variables too, but you shouldn't feel like you have to sacrifice getting to live life just to be able to accomplish that. And I almost resent that that's the culture in this country. And it makes, and the last couple months that that's become even more obviously present. And I'll talk to a lot more people that will feel similarly yeah. and will, will echo sentiments. And it needs to change. Because that's ultimately, I bet you, well, human issues are uh, an onion, you know, <laughs> um, to quote, Donkey. Uh, or Shrek. No. Shrek was the onion. Donkey was the parfait. Got it. Anyways. Anyway. Right? Yeah. Anyways, some, some Shrek person, you can correct me. But regardless. Um, it just choosing to allow us to live would help us to be healthier in so many ways. So many ways. And that would help all of our relationships, our working relationships, friendships, what, like anything. Um, our health, yeah. our mental health, our physical health, our, you know, our, the way we medicate through substances, food, alcohol, drugs, w- sex, like whatever, insert anything that you can numb yourself with. You know, if we had a healthier 
way to exist to where we could feel like we can afford to put food on the table and to get to experience, you know, life, maybe not the most extravagant, whatever. And sure, if you want to do that, then like more power to you, go for it. But we should be able to experience life and also get to have a work career and whatever. And and, and if we want to have a good work-life balance, we should be able to do that. It shouldn't be so hard. Shouldn't have to work to work all the time just to have a house, pay your bills. Right. Well, and that's part of like kind of going back to how I don't, I haven't seen as many, you know, film and TV programs and whatever that I quote unquote should, you know, whatever that means. Um, Because I'm balancing six jobs just to be able to be in the industry itself. Yeah. I would love to be able to feel like I get to do more in life, go to the movies, feel like I can afford to go to the movie, you know, like buy the popcorn, even though it's stinking expensive, but the movie butter is so good. Yeah, for real. (laughs) (laughs) And it's probably horribly unhealthy. And probably the, the French version of the movie butter would be even more astronomically amazing. But, you know, and, and side note, I wish this country outlawed things that were actually unhealthy for you. Like, if you think about, I'm just throwing France out there because it's the only European country that I've spent any length of time in. I was there for a couple weeks. For Cannes? Can, yeah, the Cannes Film Festival. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, their food. And it's just, I mean, yeah, sure, it might be more French- themed, Mediterranean themed, whatever. It's astronomically good. Like, it's stupid good. And I was a skeptic before going to France. Not anything against France or whatever, but it was like whatever seems like the most popular cool thing to do, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Maybe (laughs) somewhere else is cooler and maybe everybody's just like, that's the trendy place to go. You know, like... France and Paris and blah, 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 whatever. So we went there and I'm and I'm just like, no, I'm riding the French train, man. This is like, yeah. they know what's up. And How's the bread over there? <sighs> and, and, and I have a sensitivity to eating too much grains of any kind, unless it's real, which I've, yeah. you know, found out over the years of doing things. And everything's real. And it just. It's not processed foods no. over there? No. I mean, and sure, maybe. I'm not an expert on all of the laws and all of the things. Maybe there's, you know, some that gets in there, but as a whole, no. Yeah. And and a, a number of European countries, I have learned that to be similarly true. Again, I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to pretend that I know all the ins and outs. But for instance, I was watching a little thing on YouTube recently, and there were people making pop tarts, um, all like homemade pop tarts yeah. all over the world. And there was someone from Spain and someone from Germany that said, well, I've never actually had a Pop-Tart, but here's my version of, like, the homemade one or whatever. And it just is so interesting to me. And it's like, there are countries that don't even have some of the really crappy processed foods that we have. And what are we missing out on? Because they get to oh, do We're missing on everything. Oh, right. Yeah. So I, I, bet, I, I bet I've never had a, an authentic, like, cinnamon roll. Because <laughs> everything I... Cinnamon roll wise is always out of the store, out of the Pillsbury thing. Yeah. It's already yeah. you just bake it. I'm sure that's yeah. not real. Yeah. So. Side note: my boyfriend is an amazing baker, and cinnamon rolls are like my favorite baked good on this planet. And he's got an amazing recipe that we've had like three or four times over the quarantine isolation. So we will have to gift you some. I will accept the gift. 
Um, but yeah, and it's just, we allow our food to taste and, and, and be the way it is that makes us feel the way we feel because unfortunately there are a number of us that don't know better and that trust that what's going into the food, well, they wouldn't want to hurt us or do anything yeah. bad or da, 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 da. And on paper and how it should be, yes. Okay. But that's not. There's really. a reason it can last on the shelf as long as mm-hmm. it does. Yeah. 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 So, um, and it's funny, I was talking to a personal trainer that was, uh, was on set recently and he was, we were just chit-chatting in between takes and whatnot. Um, and he was saying that a lot of people, you know, the bloaty feeling, and I, I just had like a little packet of crackers, cheese and cracker thing, you know, whatever. And I knew before I ate it, I was like, oh, this can make me feel like crap. But I'm like, oh, but it looks so good. <laughs> so I ate it, yeah. you know, of course. Um, and afterwards, I was just like, oh, I'm so bloated. And he's like, that's, that's, I mean, that's great that you have that awareness, but you would not even comprehend how many people just think that that's how food's supposed to make you feel. Like they just, they just assume that's what it is. They don't question that, that it's even wrong. Like they, they're so far removed from thinking that that's even an issue that they don't even know to question it as, you know, like, and I'm just like, that is, that's so sad. My wife and I have not, we've been eating at home since all this started. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what overcame us. Whatever. Right, We right. decided to pop in to McDonald's the other mm-hmm. day. It was like the worst thing. We had not, we've not eaten any of that yeah. since it started. Yeah. It was the worst, like, several hours after <laughs> ever. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I felt like crap. She was having a really hard time. Oh, and man. It just was like, what the heck was in that food? Right. Because we've been cooking everything. And I'm a pretty good cook. Good so for you. it's... I yeah. like eating cooked food, not cooking it. Yeah, it's, but we were like, yeah, we won't be doing that again. Like, good for you. Good I mean, for you. probably for me, if we were going to eat out again during this, I'd probably eat at Chick fil A because I, I, I bet it would be okay. You know, it is, it is still this process, but I like Chick fil A a lot. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to give that one a pass until I, yeah, but you McDonald's, know, may or may not like, be proved different. Whole another level. And like, I'm not kidding. I will never eat McDonald's again for, for, Lunch now, egg McMuffin. On the other hand, I probably mm-hmm. that, but I mean it. It's like it was just it made right. me so sick. Yeah, so I won't do it again. Right. Well, and as much as there have been some negative things through this whole COVID experience that have, I'm not even in any way, shape, or form going to downplay. They have altered people's lives yeah. permanently in the most horrific possible ways that you know anyone can imagine. I'm not downplaying yeah. that in a way, in any way. That hasn't necessarily been my personal experience. Um, and I am grateful for that, even if I do recognize, you know, the, the, the horribleness for others. Um, I do hope the good that some of us have arrived at, you know, individually, and then when we speak to one another, we've, we've had similar experiences. Um, I hope moving forward, we're able to collectively, now that we're all on the same page in some ways, yeah. um, be like, no. I don't want to deal with that anymore. Whether it's the work-life balance thing, whether it's the crappy quality food, you know, like I'm just not willing to do that Absolutely. anymore. Yep. And because we know now from personal experience what it's like to get to exist in a better way in some way, shape, or form, whether it's getting to take time to, you know, do whatever you want for you um, and hopefully still making money and or, you know, 
not being stressed about that, you know, whatever, um, uh, as much as possible, but just having a, a standard for what you will allow into your life, what you will allow yourself to be treated like, you know, and I, and that's, that's ultimately what's going to make change because we can vote with our vote and we can vote with our dollar and, and our voting with our dollar is a lot more powerful than people realize. And if enough people are like, no, I'm not going to spend my money on that because that's not going to happen. They have to change. They have to change. So that's, I mean, as much as I don't want that you, you know, spent that two hours or whatever, like hating, you know, the way your stomach felt or whatever it was, but you know, it will not ever happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you learned, you learned from it, and moving forward, yep. uh, yeah. So there you go. So, what's the best compliment you have ever received as an actor? Best compliment I have ever received as an actor. Um, this was also a very recent one. Uh, so. I don't know if it's just the most recent or the best or whatever, but I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to go with it. Um, my the, the other actor that I was working with, as well as the director, I would notice this, and then they, we also had like a little chuckle about it as well. Um, but they would get caught up in what I was doing and either forget the line or their line or, you know, like, oh, I need to say something here, or like, oh, okay, this is my moment, or like, Oh, this, the scene's over. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, good. You know, or whatever. It would, they would get caught up in what I was doing and almost like forget what was happening around them. So that was really cool. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, lost my train of thought. Where am I? <laughs> so, I'm like, yay, I did a succinct answer. I can do that every once in a while, you know. So are you, are you a mama's girl or a daddy's girl? Mama's girl or daddy's girl? Hmm. I mean, I guess. Those are. Well, I'm just asking which one's which because I have a question that goes with it. Oh, uh, I guess probably more mama's girl. Yeah, okay. I would say so. Yes. If your mother was standing here right now, what would she say to you about your accomplishments, about being an actor, and how much you've grown since that 18 year old girl started her journey in her adulthood? Hmm. Well, and I have two moms. I also have two dads. So. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. And I'm close to all of them, so that's why it's a tricky question. Great. But anyway. Um, so, I will just kind of blend all of their comments into one just to make it easier. Um, well, actually, I'll, I'll rephrase the question. Sure. Okay. What would your parents say about the woman you've become? So, not at all the other question. Yeah. Just what would my parents say about the woman I've become? Yeah. Hmm. That I am strong, that they are proud of me, that I am a very hard worker, and that I am a delight to be around, and kind. And that even if... I may unintentionally press their buttons at times. It's still worth it because I am who I am, and they wouldn't change that for the world. Awesome. And they're very proud of you, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. 
How you gonna bring home the money as an actor? How am I? You no, you got to now. Oh right, right. You gotta yeah. retire them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I hear that too. I'm like, I will get there. It's happening. I don't... Power of positive thinking, right? <laughs> so you've been an actor now for all this time. Mm-hmm. You 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 want to produce. Mm-hmm. What is your dream project that you can that you can produce and and or act in? Um, well, uh, I feel like I could come up with something or I could talk about a project that is, is there that I actually want to do. That would be the first project that I would produce and act in that I've been like, I want to do it right. Um, so it's called Borealis and the Kansas City Women in Film and Television have a short screenplay contest through um, the Kansas City <coughs> Film Fest. And so they have a staged reading every year for the Film Fest. One of the years, one of the finalists, um, who ended up winning not only number one, but audience choice. And I heard that also had something to do with the way it was read. So cool. I will humbly accept that compliment. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, um, it spoke to me, uh, and it's just so well done. It's a short film. Um, I Is it online somewhere? No. Okay. Because, so it won a number of awards as a screenplay, and then, I can't remember what year it was or whatever, I was also going through relationship issues and things and whatever, so probably around that time, <laughs> uh, which would have been 2015, 2016, something to that effect. Um I optioned it, and I applied for a MAC grant, which is Missouri Arts Council. And one of the rules is it has to be like over 50 or 50% of it, I think, has to be shot in Missouri. And while I was really appreciative to get that, I was going back through the script over and over and over again, and it was just so, so good. I didn't want to alter it and disrupt the integrity of it. And it's set in Norway. So I was like, can I, can I movie magic fake something or can I tweak it to the, <laughs> and the location in and of itself is one of the characters that's okay. integrated throughout the entire script that if you take that away, like you don't have the story. So, and then I was like, okay, so okay, I guess Missouri is out of the question. Could I, could I go up north and maybe like somewhere else where the boreal, like the Aurora Borealis, where you can see them, because that's one of the characters as well. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, possibly. Um, there's also a lot of Norwegian culture and folklore that's in a you know all wrapped up in it, as well as uh, Nordcap is a monument. I think that's the right term. I don't know that that I'm misspeaking there. But anyways, um, and the the script takes place. It's a it's a road trip film. It takes place on the oh, and the word just went out of my head. Um, the um, gosh dang it, the the coastal highway. I think I'm saying that right. Um, but if you Google it, maybe I'll try to Google it. See if it'll come up. So, okay. but anyways, um, let's just say coastal highway. Um, 
there's more to it, but that's what it is. Yeah. But but basically, like when you look it up, it goes all over these islands and in like Norway, and there's no way to fake just the experience unless you change it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it's um, okay. Coastal Highway is off California, so. Interco or hmm, let's see. Anyways, just start googling like highway in Norway, something about coast and something, something, something. Anyways, okay. <laughs> and you'll come, you'll come to it. And then, and then there was talking about like the terrain, um, and 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 yes, you could go somewhere where there was snowy, and maybe you could somehow frame it to where you didn't really see too much outside, other than just snow and. There is a reference point of like a little oh. trollstigen, trollstigen, oh. something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, it may be the okay. So that might be the Norwegian word. Um, yes, but that's it. Okay, I just don't know. There's also a a, a maybe a, an American word for it oh, too. Okay, but yes. Oh, Atlantic Ocean Road. Okay. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that. But yes, what you said, it, I would. So we'll start over on that, and you can. Oh, I don't even know where I left off. You just say that... Uh, Atlantic Ocean Highway? Yeah, it's just say... It's, okay. Yeah, the highway, you can't fake it because the highway is this. So you can't fake it because it's the Atlantic Ocean Road, and the Norwegian word, I don't want to mutilate it, So, but it's like Nor- Norwegian... Hmm, sorry. That's horrible. I'm like... I'm like Totally questioning myself every time. Anyways, so we'll just say that. So just say Atlantic Ocean Road, Google it, and then you'll see the word. And then someone who knows how to pronounce it properly should just comment in and then, you know, whatever, all the things. Um, but yeah, there's no way to fake that because it's over it's over the islands. And maybe if you cropped in tight enough and you didn't see the road that you were on and you just saw a road, but yet it's supposed to be surrounded by the ocean. But unless you're from Norway or anywhere up, you know, or familiar with that region of the world at all, you know, you would know that that's not real. I don't know. And just every part of that was just, I would have to tweak it and change it and force it to work so much that I'm like, honestly, it has to be shot in Norway. It has to be shot on location exactly where it describes. And maybe there, there is a way to slightly cheat it somewhere, but probably the amount of money it would take to scout a location that would work, I would probably spend just as much, if not more, if I were to actually just go to the dang place and just do it. You so know? the whole film takes place on that highway? Uh-huh. So and how long is it, the highway? The highway? Ooh, I don't know actually okay. how long the highway itself is. Um, the the So maybe the movie would take place, you know, while you're already on it kind of yeah. a deal. And there's only one, there's two stops. Um, she... Um, stops at a gas station, and there's a moose in the middle of the road as well. So that's a character. So that's fun. But anyways, um, so she makes one stop at a gas station, and then the last stop is at Nordcap. Okay. And and it's just a really beautiful story about getting permission to start over. Taking everything that you've learned up to this point, and getting to use that, warts and all, to get to be your most fully realized self. 
yes, there's a love story element and, and that aspect of, of it as well. But having experienced something similar, and I, I don't know if we all kind of go through those types of things. I, I don't know. But, you know, there's a something that happens in your life that changes you forever. And there's enough about it that's really horrible, but you're able to get through it and make it one of the best, you know, the results of it are one of uh, one of the best you could have ever imagined and would be hard to recreate yeah. in anything else. You know, you're able to really make lemonade out of lemons, you know. And, and, and this person goes through something that's horrible and processes that in a way that then gets to, again, gets whether she chooses, which that's, you don't see that, but gets the permission to then live a, you know, more fully realized self in her life. And would you want to direct this or act in that? Act and produce. Act and produce, not direct, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. It's okay. Maybe you'll direct, who knows? Right, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, so I optioned it, and I have a good relationship with the writer. We don't really keep in contact all that regularly. She um, isn't local, and she moves around. She was living in Norway when she wrote it. Lucky. Uh, right? Um, and, but yeah, when I told her that, you know, I had optioned it, and when I told her when I, what I had arrived at and that I didn't want to negate the integrity of the script. She respected that and appreciated that. And I haven't optioned it again. And I, I told her after the fact, I said, if, if somebody comes along and they really want to make this, like it needs to be made, like, please yeah. do like jump at whatever opportunity. If you will allow me the time, um, I would love to be that person. I'm not, you know, not optioning it, but just like if Give that me the opportunity yeah, to make it. If if that could also be a thing, you know, without you sacrificing it, you know, being made by someone that you know, getting it made, you know, that would be cool too. So it's very much, and I'm still very much on a journey, and it uh, I, and figuring out. Oh, okay, this wasn't quite as much, you know, in terms of getting money and making things into a thing. Um, I've some things I've realized aren't going to happen the way I thought they were going to happen. So making this movie, I I mean, I don't know when it will happen. And I really hope I'm still the age range yep. to be able to play it. Uh, I also know, um, and something that I, I want to learn more about is in getting investors and what that's like. Okay, so maybe... Lonita is a, a, like a wealth of knowledge. Yes, on yep. And I happened to bump into her not too long ago during the Keep Casey filming movement um, after one of the, the uh, town hall meetings or the speakeasies or whatever yeah. it was um, and learned about a lot of the stuff she's doing. So, and I think that's honestly where I'm at in my, in my producing career. Um, I mean, yes, I, I, I would love to do that full time and to be able to not struggle and, you know, hone more of those skills even more, you know, cause you can always learn and grow and get better. Absolutely. But, but the, the commodities portion and the investors and all that kind of stuff, even if long-term goal, I want to be able to put my own money into things. I'm not there yet. And that's okay. You know, I'll get there when I get there. And along the way, I want to learn, like, how do I go up to somebody to say, Hey, I've got a great movie idea and project and I want money to be able to do it. And this is why, or, you know, like, I don't know if there, I mean, there's probably books out there. There's books on everything, but I, I feel like that's also something that you kind of learn in the field yeah. because 
that's and I've I've had a few conversations, maybe few as a maybe two conversations, <laughs> a couple conversations um, that stick out that I like, okay, you know, and some of it too is just swallowing that fear and charging ahead anyway, you know, not charging, but you know, like moving ahead anyway, like despite, yeah, just because you're afraid doesn't mean that you don't still find the courage to move forward through it. You know, yep. courage doesn't mean lack of fear. It's <laughs> yeah. not, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. So there, I, that's just kind of a messy thing just because I also want to learn how to properly executively produce my life because then that's also, you know, when I can do that for my life, then I can do that for a business. That's kind of yeah. how I, how I kind of how I feel. So working smarter, not harder and, and, you know, having a more quote unquote full-time job that would be able to help me pay bills much better. And I've learned to live on little to nothing. And I actually almost prefer that yeah like minimalist yeah honestly and i I'm, I'm working on being even more minimal than i am um the only thing that i would want to spend money on would be to travel and like have experiences like those are that's what i appreciate you know yeah gifts are great and i'm not saying every once in a while like a gift especially like a really practical gift i know that sounds so lame but like if you don't know what to get me like get me toilet paper i know that sounds so stupid there you go well right there you go but that's and I used to collect little trinkets and things would lay around and I grew up with families that would go antiquing and that had its own kind of sentimental thing. Um, but they just collect dust. Yeah. And then if you don't keep up with it, it just looks trashy and it feels gross and whatever. And my brain, I have learned over the course of my life, the less stuff I have, the less stuff I have to put away. And the smaller my space is, the less area I have to clean. So <laughs> that's just that's just what it is. So I... I and I hate, I always feel guilty if I get a gift and it just sits around or some, or like I'm not really using it yeah. because it's like the, the thought was amazing, but maybe, you know, it could have been tweaked this way or that way and it would have landed better. I like gift cards for Christmas. There you it's go. been that way for the oh, last decade. I like gift cards. There you go. Yeah. Then I'll always get, yeah. I'll always get the perfect right. gift. Yeah. Right. I know it's means. I'm, yeah. Like my mom, she, she hates giving gift cards. I can I get that too. I, I love it. The, yeah. So just give me a gift card yeah. for, for Christmas yeah. or something. So. Yeah. Yep. I go back and forth on that because yeah, I can yeah. I can see both. But yeah, at the end of the day, you want your money to mean something. And yeah. if and if gift card Absolutely. is what they want, or if you you're like, I don't know, but I know they like Target or you know yeah. like okay, sure, it may not be the most fancy whatever, but it's Don't the, buy me a Starbucks gift card because <laughs> I don't like their copy. Well, there you go. My, yeah. And that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> so so what makes you happy? Sorry, I have a shit-eating grin on my face. That's the phrase. I'm not <laughs> using the bad words. Anyways, um, so the only reason I laugh, smile, like like that is just because, so have you, side note, just going to, yep. have you heard of the course of well-being? Yep. Okay. So I got approved for financial aid for it so I can get the certificate because wow. I'm, a, I'm a broke-ass actor and I can't, you know. I think it was $50, but still, I was I still haven't got unemployment figured out. And I'm like... Anyways, don't need to talk about my finances. I mean, we can, you know, whatever. I live paycheck to paycheck. It's just what it is. But so I'm, we all do. Right. We I'm working to. on being financially free, so I'm in the process. Anyways, so I, and that goes back to self-worth, and, like, I am worth, you know, worth getting a, you know, financial aid scholarship for even it's 50 bucks, you know. Yeah. I am worthy of that. 
Absolutely. Which I had to struggle with myself and even applying for unemployment. It's like, oh, well, you know, like other people need it more. And da, da, da. Uh, like, you, ha- you have to do what you have to do yeah. and, and you pay into that. So it's yeah. not like it's just. Exactly. You and didn't earn it. Right. And, so. and, and don't self-sacrifice to the point where you're self-sacrificing yourself overly in an inappropriate, unhealthy Absolutely. way. But yeah. anyways, tangent. Um, but yeah, so the course of well-being with all this COVID stuff, it kind of, I mean, I had a gist of of some of these thoughts of, you know, better work-life balance and different stuff like that and minimalistic space and blah, blah, blah. Um, but then how do I, really what it is, is like, okay, so different markets will have different opportunities. And if you're an actor, for better or worse, you kind of have to be, you know, until you get some sort of notoriety or whatever, you kind of have to live in the market that you're working in. And I feel confident in myself to know that I am worth seeing what kind of opportunities I could accomplish for myself that are also not local. Do I move? Do I not? I've had it on the back of my, you know, that's been a goal for a number of years, like moving to Atlanta and then the abortion bill stuff. And then that was kind of weird. And then COVID and now it's like, ooh. Um, ultimately why I haven't been able to actually move is finances, finances, um, and being able to afford to move. So I've been, you know, and maybe that's the perfectionist in me trying to get all of my ducks perfectly in a row before I move. And I'm trying to not do that, but I'm also trying to be really intelligent about it because I know what it's like to struggle and to be an actor and all of my family and all of my friends and support system are here. So if I move somewhere else, I have to completely start over. And I, that's scary. Yeah. But I also, like, if I'm going to do it and not move home in six months to a year or whatever, you have to go into it having certain ducks in a row. And so that that's what I've been doing is just trying to get those ducks in a row yeah. and, and realizing, man, this is like pulling teeth. It's really hard to get what I need to get done. And then it's like, you know, even when all this stuff is done, COVID and, and, you know, whenever that is and whatever quote unquote normal looks like or whatever, whenever I feel like I may or may not want to move, will that make me the happiest? So that's ultimately what I want to answer in that, in that, um, course, but also kind of going, drawing on pretty much everything that we've talked about so far, um, there's not one picture of success and ultimately as an actor yes if I want to have certain opportunities I have to be there but I can also create some of that for myself and if I can stay in this market and have a job that pays me enough I can afford maybe sooner rather than later to produce Borealis maybe not with investors but maybe with investors like that's fine it's a timely thing so that one needs to be done but long-term goal you know the cost of living is more, you know, palatable here than in some of the bigger markets that have, you know, more opportunities, you know, that you have to file that away, you know, like, does it make more sense to create that for myself? Will I be satisfied with that? Will I be happy with that? Or will I feel like I'm shooting myself in the foot, even if moving would be scary on the surface? What makes me the most ultimate happy? And again, that maybe that's the perfectionist yeah. in me or whatever. But, but I think that's also, you know, trying to peel away 
you know, am I putting too much value on the superficial, you know, success and whatever? Like what, without any influence from anything outside, which is hard because that's our entire life is permeated by that, you know. But ultimately, what makes me the most happy? Is it being, I mean, I'm super close to my family. So the thought of moving away from them was always hard to process it's still hard to think about because um, if you, I mean, unless you have a private jet, you know, you're only going to see him every so often. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, but what I do know, uh, having good relationships with my family and friends and treating them the way I want to be treated, that's been my guiding principle my whole life, um, but not to the point where I'm self-sacrificing. Um and getting to be a part of projects that grow me and challenge me and getting to be on sets that I feel respected and I can see that everyone else is being treated with respect and all of our creative juices can just flow and it just feels good to be a part of that, you know, everything was done pre-production-wise and then everything will continue post-production-wise to then make that, the you know, a full experience Um, and to be able to not only act for other people, but I, I do want to be able to pull all of these different people together that are really good at what they do and then take off my hat and let them do their thing. And then I can jump in front of the camera. Not always. Sometimes I'm, I'm, you know, I'm cool to just produce and whatever, but like I, I'm, I'm good with people. Not always. I'm not perfect. But I also then try to learn from those to get better. Um, And I want to be able to be a conduit for people to be able to be their most fully realized self. And money gives you the power to do that. And ultimately, and that's what everybody needs in art. Money, 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 please. I need to do my thing. So I'm like, okay, I need to figure out how to get the money so then I can just make it happen. Um. And getting to walk my dog, getting to have cinnamon rolls and not body shame myself. I like cinnamon rolls. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And getting to... You know what I do when I body shame myself, though? What do you do? I eat more cinnamon rolls. (laughs) I do that, too, sometimes. (laughs) Like yesterday, I made biscuits and gravy. And I I ate it quite a bit. Oh, yeah? And I was like, I'm full. I said, I can't do any more. And I made more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's also fun to do. Yeah. Um, but just again, just to get to live and experience and, oh, somebody's having a get together on a Saturday night. Awesome. I'm not working. Yay. I can go. Or like, oh, somebody's having a trip out of town just over the a weekend, like spontaneous, whatever. I'm not working and I can afford to go. Okay. Like that. Sure. I want all these lovely, creative, fulfilling things and, and sky's the limit, you know? I don't want to sacrifice any life along the way because yeah. we can die at any moment. And as terrifying as that is, that's the most powerful guiding force that we can, we all get to choose to have that strips away any of the superficial, outward, like judgy, showy, whatever, you know. At the end of the day, do what you want to do because if you don't wake up tomorrow or something like 
everything that you've done up until this point, is it worth it? Only you can answer that. So that's really how I, I look at every, well, especially the bigger situations, maybe the day-to-day situations, not so much, but, um, which I'm working on. Um, but you know, ultimately at the end of the day, would I regret doing it or not doing it? Yeah. And that's how I make the choice. Even if it's super hard or isn't fun in the moment or whatever. And, you know, impulsively, sometimes I make choices that I'm like, "Mm, yep, learn from that one. Um, And the day-to-day choices build up over time, compound, you know. And so I need, I want to, you know, work on that more. Um, Especially with having good routines and stuff during being at home by yourself. Yep. Cinnamon rolls and Netflix. I can literally Netflix and chill. Like, not the the subtextual, like... Netflix and cinnamon bun. Right, yeah. Whatever the, you know, uh, Urban Dictionary. Not the Urban Dictionary. Yeah. But literally, I get to watch programs, and I get to enjoy foods, and I get to, like, I don't want to lose that. Yeah. Anyways, so that's a really complicated answer, because I'm also <laughs> in the process of kind of answering that for myself. Yeah. So, which is why I introduced the course yeah. prior to that so that my answer would make sense. I bet sense. the course is going to be great. Yeah. Me too. Or I think so too. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So what products do you have coming up? Projects. So there is a quarantine inspired short film that I'm going to be doing here soon. Um, that's about two or three page long script um, where it's kind of a found footage cool. thing. Um so that we can be respectful of the quarantine yep. you know, recommendations. Uh, but, yeah, so, and that's, funny enough, it's a, so I'm also kind of excited about it in a sense of I'm a captain of a spaceship, and all of my crew, I mean, sadly, they're no longer around. So, um, but it's just me kind of deteriorating over time, okay. and you see it, you know, I'm, I'm holding my phone up to myself, you know, going through this experience, and, and then it ends up kind of turning, it, it's, it's surprises even me in the end. Okay. And it, it is like a cool little adventure and then it ends. Nice. And you're like, what? Who's the director of that? Um, Andrew Pritzker is the writer and director. Cool. And Jennifer Katie will also be on set as well. It'll just be the three of us. Jennifer's um, amazing. Yeah. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she's a pretty darn good photographer. Right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I just finished up uh, on a weekend the episode one, the pilot episode for Black Zone. Cool. And they're wanting to shoot the next episode in the next month or two. I don't know, you know. Yeah, lots of You know, lots of boxes to check before that happens, but um, that's what's been told to me so far. Um, And, um, you know, hopefully people like it. Hopefully they want to have us do you know make more of it and do more with it and all the fun things with that um oh um working on potentially working on i've been contacted about it so um but jason hudson has a feature that he approached me about wanting to work on he's disgusting (laughs) he's too nice for his own good Um, but, uh, he wants to work on like July ish for the bulk of it, maybe part in June, part in August, depending on whatever. But he, uh, when I spoke to him, he was still 
like writing it, refining it, that kind of a thing. Just with all the the COVID stuff, um, yeah. there are certain pe- or certain projects different people had in mind, and then they've either had to stop doing it because like okay that wouldn't work right yeah. now, or okay let's pause that and develop this idea that we've had, but this makes the most sense for you know the climate that we're in at the moment. Yeah. Um, and so we haven't touched base in I don't even know how to keep time anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I want to say a few weeks ago, but I don't know. Could have been less than that more than that i don't know anyways um but that's one um uh, homemade heritage is the name of that um if that all you know yeah. <laughs> goes as planned whatever uh and do you have anything coming out that's the only that, thing that people can see um so i know there was a feature that i was in called found wandering lost that was finished i think like right before Everything shut down, oh, okay. but I don't know. Like I haven't even seen it, so there hasn't even been like a private cast and crew screening, let alone a premiere of some kind somewhere or whatever. So I don't know. So when. you don't know how good it is, right? <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I know, I guess by what I know, but I don't. Yeah, I haven't fully fully seen it all yet. So, but yeah, so I don't know when it will be available for you know anybody to watch. Or what that journey will look like. Um, well, hopefully, the director of that will get it up for, to the cast and crew soon. Yeah, so. um, and yeah, I know. Uh, like, a, there's another a feature that I um, finished that um, I am Lisa that I worked on last summer. Patrick Gray. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I like Patrick Gray. Yeah. Um, Eric Winkler's the writer um, on that one, and Patrick Gray directed it. And um, the poster's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So, and I know that's also you know kind of in the same boat as Found Wandering Lost. Like, okay, how do we have a screening? And we and they've been brought up like, okay, do we all go to a drive-in? Would that be fun? And you know, that's that, what you should do. Yeah. So I I, I don't know. I what saw that they're open now, and I, my wife has never been to a drive-in <gasps> ever. There you go. So it's been years since I've been to one. So I definitely should. yeah. I was a kid in back where I grew up and they tore it down oh, no. <laughs> I, I saw a double feature in there it was sh- the Samuel Jackson shaft okay and I don't remember the other one but that's what I that was yeah. the last movie yeah. the last I mean it wasn't that great <laughs> <laughs> it's all good uh, um but yeah, I mean, I think having movie premieres, how do you do that right now? You know, like, what does that look in like? In a car. Right, right. I yeah. miss the, because so. you used to have to put the, the, the speaker. Now it's all through the, the radio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. Well, and one thing, because they were talking about, like, well, I really want people to be able to ask questions and to see people and how that, and it popped into my head. I was like, well, we all have Zoom on our phone now. Like, could we not just call in through Zoom and then yeah. project all of the, you know, the gallery view on the big screen of, oh, that of the cool. drive I'm sure that you can plug your laptop into it. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe there's something. They're like, oh, yeah. They could text it and you guys could answer. Yeah. So, um, so the, I, I mean, I don't know where the progress is with, with figuring that out. But I think um, the movie theater is the best idea. Well, yeah. The, the, the drive drive-in. Yeah. Yeah. Or drive well, it. Yeah. <laughs> I said drive through and you said, yeah. All words. But I think those are... And if I'm forgetting one, I apologize, but those are immediately what pop into my head. Cool. Well, I've got some quick, rapid-fire questions for you. I took this from Inside the Actor's Studio. Okay. R.I.P. James Lipton. All right. All right, so you just, I'm going to ask a question, you just answer it. So whatever my gut response is. And I'm just going to preface with saying I have foot and mouth syndrome, everyone, so just, (laughs) just know that going into this. Okay. All right, here we go. What's your favorite word? Poop. What's your least favorite word? 
Scrum diddlyumptious popped in my head, but I actually like that word. So, mm, hate. Let's just say hate. I mean, that sounds horrible. I mean, it sounds very like hate. Yeah. We'll just go with that. What turns you on? Hmm. What turns me on? Being respected. What turns you off? Being exploited. What noise or sound do you love? Cicadas. What noise or sound do you hate? Oh, I hate. I don't. I don't think I've ever thought about that. Sorry. Hold on. I guess someone dying and screaming because they're hurt. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I'd be like an astrophysicist or something like that. What profession would you not like to attempt? A, an astronaut or a deep sea diver, something to that effect. <laughs> what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Good job. So where can everybody find you online? I am on Facebook and Instagram. And I have an IMDb, depending on what you're looking for. I have a LinkedIn. Uh, Is that all just under your name? Yes. Jennifer Seward. Yeah. And I had a website, but I ended up taking it down because I just, I'm sure I will do it again at some point. I just couldn't justify the cost at this point in time for a little while. But, um, yeah, and I'm intermittent on social media right now just because I'm having to be careful about the messages that I let into my brain because I'm an incredibly sensitive person and, like, a lot of people, you know, and I don't have any my six jobs to distract me from all that stuff, (laughs) which is probably healthier, you know, so we can deal with some stuff. So, But anyways, so. On, On a final note. Yes. What is one last piece of a piece of wisdom you could give the world? Don't think, just do. Perfect. I greatly appreciate you being on my podcast today and, and spending some time with me and just being yourself. Thanks. Likewise. Never let anybody tell you you're not good enough. Thank you. Never let anyone make you feel you're not the best person you can be. Thank you. Likewise. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye, Jennifer. See ya.